Yo. Oh, hey, Jack. How you doing? I'm right, <laughs> thanks. What have I missed? Uh, we, we've just got into the first allegation properly. Oh, wow. Okay, about an hour into it. Yeah, <laughs> allegation we, we, one. <laughs> allegation one, yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's the kind of pace we're going at. I'm glad, I'm glad I haven't missed too many allegations. Yeah, okay. I've so... got some to make of my own. I've oh, got, God. You know, no. <laughs> <laughs> recriminations right. as well. I've got plenty of them. Jack, I'm just going to... Jack, I'm going to do one thing. I'm going to DM you the uh, timestamp that you... Uh, the approximate timestamp that you showed up so that when you edit this for real politic, you have a bit where you can cut it. Basically. Ah, okay, cool. Yeah, well, so just, just thinking in case there's any views, I, 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 I don't you, care uh, for. Him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Um, no, I, I, no, I'm sure there wasn't anything bad. You know, I'm, I'm very happy to be on. Uh, you know, possibly the most left wing panel show ever. That's yeah. That's um might actually be true in this case. Every stream I do is the most left wing panel show ever. So hold on, there's a bit in the chat here. So there's some sort of ratio where as long as you're banal and inoffensive for one thousand pages of WhatsApp chat logs, you can say what you want someone to die in a fight. Apparently that is the logic at play. Or that it cushions the blow slightly. Well well, these people are very banal, aren't they? Have you ever heard the phrase the banality of evil? Mm. Yeah. This is literally uh, like the modern day sort of equivalent of, but he made the trains run on time or some fucking shit. <laughs> did lovely tea parties. It's like, yeah, I'm sure the spectator <laughs> garden party's fucking great, but I wouldn't go there and fucking eat with the bastards, would I? You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> come on. Mm, yeah, I think it probably wouldn't be great for any of us. I think we'd feel like a fish out of water. But a certain type of person who who chases, uh, you know, fame and and well, not so much fame as just just like status. You know, these people mm. are such fucking status chasers. They're fucking, you know, like some fucking trashy American show about like, uh, you know, cool, trendy uh, fucking sick formers whatever the american equivalent is you know it's all about being like the coolest girl in school or <laughs> these laborite fucks i i enjoy this comment from a person i know iro it's why sanan streams so many grand strategy games fends off abyss watching lawyers that's right the, the lawyers they can't <laughs> the lawyers they don't like the strategy games you know that's that's my one weird trick to avoid being sued after all this time yeah, from what I understand, right-wing labor lawyers generally have an aversion to strategy. So the, you, the funny thing is, hey. that, um, the, the the funny thing is that Paul Mason is a Hearts of Iron gamer. Like, I I, I, will, <laughs> keep, I will keep mentioning it every chance I oh. get. That is a fact. I knew about him yeah. without knowing it about him. That's really strange. Yeah, yeah. just incredible, Killer. incredible vibe. I just he's all fun and games. That guy. Uh, yeah. Um, so hold on, there is this important bit here. Well, this this bit that I find really weird, actually. However, we do accept that the messages authors, so that's the messages in the WhatsApp, were not given a right of reply before their messages were included in the leaked report. That was a clear breach of <laughs> breach of natural justice. But I'm like, don't you think that there would have been nah. some kind of fucking problem if they had mentioned, oh, by the way, we're writing this report and we got your WhatsApp messages. <laughs> like, don't you think there would have been some kind of fucking problem that would have occurred? Yeah, like, I think they had to keep what they were doing under the radar or else the cover-up would have just started straight away, you know. Yeah. Not that they'd be able to, like, take like, those fucking WhatsApp messages that they stupidly fucking uploaded wherever I, back, you know. They, yeah. that, that shit was, was, was with us, also, you know. But I don't know, maybe they'd have fucking got some legal injunction or some shit. Who, yeah. who knows? 
Also, that last sentence, Vesson, also we can only speculate mm. if a similar online group chat was used by the yep. opposite faction. Like, I love to have my report of record to contain baseless speculation. That's the that's yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's bullshit, isn't it? Justice, doesn't it? That's, yeah. that's I, the... I, n- none of us on the left have ever had a group DM. Uh, I think they're immoral. Yeah. I, I would never. I'm sure, you know, you know nobody, <laughs> nobody I, on I, the left would ever do that. I famously right only DM. I only, I very famously only DM one to one. Everyone who, everyone knows this at this point. Never ever yeah, been in, I... never ever been in a group chat before. Wouldn't know what to do if I was in one. Um, but Mrs. Yeah. Mrs. dangerous Mrs. for you. Well, Stop. well, when, well, when, when, you, when under in the Corbin days, you know, when you first joined the party and you were seen as, you know, a good, a good comrade, someone who could be trusted, they like handed you like a, a a little instruction manual and it was just like no rule number one don't fucking upload the group dms to a fucking email <laughs> server that your <laughs> factional allies have you stupid cunt don't upload it to your work email because yeah. your employer owns your emails it's really fucking simple this so that, that that was it that was it there was just rule two do lots and lots of anti-semitic abuse all the time that was the other uh, edict from on high that they mm. give to us yeah, apparently. Uh, apparently Norwich um, <laughs> in particular came in for it recently. I was yeah, the, the birthplace yeah. of blood life. I was astonished yeah. to find out that might actually be true. Um, yeah, yeah. It is, I, from what I can see, it may well be true, but nonetheless, I don't think Omid Jalili was factoring that rich history in when he was booking his latest stand-up tour. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not convinced he was doing that either. But but yeah, so this sort of like, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I, I do enjoy this sort of like, oh, we can only speculate yeah, exactly. So shut the fuck up. Would be yeah, yeah. would be my general advice to the lawyer to, who's written this. By the way, and you you know someone told him to put that in. He's like, no, but they probably had one too. Which doesn't matter. It doesn't no, matter. What's, uh, it's, he's really disgracing the legal profession. You know, I always trust a lawyer. Be it Keir Starmer, Alan Dershowitz, uh, Jim Carrey <laughs> in the film Liar Liar. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed this, like, select this quote he's picked out here. Labour has spent substantial periods of the last five years in conflict with itself. Yeah, and whose fault was that, though? Isn't that what we were trying to work out? Yeah, I mean, like, this report is kind of, like, groundbreaking in in a way that it does, like, acknowledge that there are factions in Labour. It's not just, like, there's the Corbynites and then there's just labor it's like yeah no okay there's a left and a right uh although they're not monoliths as he says which which is true like it's, yeah. a, it's a fair point soft left uh correctly judged as an irrelevant i don't think they're really uh, irrelevant so i don't think they factor well in. i mean they're part but, of the right really they're, they're one of the nuances of right, yeah. in the right aren't they really? <laughs> precisely so, precisely yeah. but at the same time there's i'm sure you've got to this already but there's the whole weird both sides thing where they they kind of don't really acknowledge that uh one of uh, one side of this factional war was pretty much always coming at it from a defensive position and the other mm-hmm. was you know, raining siege upon them yeah that is that is strangely a dynamic that is not remarked upon actually uh really so uh here he no. kind of um he goes for a history of like you know factions among the party staff and he goes to this point where it's like you know traditionally the staff are you know they're like the civil service but in the party you know they're they're neutral they don't associate with in with factionalism they definitely don't do that um you know but there's also this bit here which i found really interesting right um 
The party has at times had to defend itself against infiltration from organizations to its left, seeking to influence <laughs> party policy. So it's, what? you know, um, so it's militant and the communist front organizations. Yeah. And more I generally, guess, yeah. some politicians and staff regard members' involvement with left groups outside the party with suspicion, particularly, though not exclusively, those identify uh, those who identify or are wrongly la- or are labeled rightly or wrongly as Trotskyites. Here we go. It's the Gapes area now, <laughs> which is like the entire like any left wing group, like yeah. UK uncut. Uh, you know, just like um, I'm just thinking. Of, the thing is, like I don't know. You mentioned you probably name any radical organization of some sort. There probably are a couple of Trotskyists in it, but but that that's just because you know what else is a Trotskyist going to do? You join a lot of groups, and yeah. and uh, but but like. You know, it, it, it's, it is just a real absurdity with these people because, uh, you know, just in the same way that, you know, um, the, these these people can perceive, you know, uh, as being uh, in the Norwich grand tradition of blood libel, you know, just literally saying, oh, uh, those Israeli soldiers just were documented killing a child. Uh, you know, uh, such a broad definition in that case. At the same time, there's such a broad definition of trots, but it includes like the Green Party Hell, there's probably some people in the Labour Party who think Mike Gapes is a trot. Well, he'd be furious at that because he's an ex-Stalinist. I was going to say they'd, <laughs> they'd be uh, like flat out wrong, wouldn't they? But they they, would, yeah, they would literally. They be, would not be. Like, they would not be correct. But you know, there, there are people in the Labour Party whose views are so extreme. You know, Gapes is probably one of them at this point. To be fair, but you know, but you know, like the leaked the leaked Labour report showed them were just like, oh, Gordon Brown, that fucking trot. You know, <laughs> this, this is this is the thing about this, which is that it had to protect itself from infiltration to its left. What about infiltration from its right, which very clearly yeah. happened with fucking Tony Blair. Well, in his piece in Jacobin on the report, Dan Finn makes a good point that Christian Wakeford, who up until, uh, what, January or February voted with the Conservative government that he was an MP for, uh, was just welcomed into the Labour Party with, with, with open arms, uh, whereas like someone who voted Green in like one election is seen as a mortal enemy of the party and he, who needs to be driven out at all costs. Is Gabe's back in the party? He is not. No, he's not because he's barred for like a couple more years at least. They'll they'll let him they'll let him back in. They'll let the they can't possibly keep the big (laughs) man out. Well, well, Luciana Berger was actually on TV uh, in response to a Ford report complaining about how. uh, Oh, I don't even know she was complaining. She's probably having a good laugh because everything worked out so well for her with her cushy job in the private sector and all that, uh, and her sort of secular sainthood. But um, you know, she was like, "Oh, I can't rejoin the Labour Party because I ran against it uh, as a Lib Dem, uh, if you recall." Um, but, <laughs> but like, uh, I think they'll make a big show of welcoming her back into the party before her time, uh, oh, you know, uh, is up. And they'll just like not bother with Gates. They'll just yeah. like forget him, Leslie, all the old clapped out of fucks, you know, Anne Coffey, Angela Smith, like... what, Gavin Shooker, they're gone. <laughs> Out. Done. No, Finito. I got, a no really, thanks, I got a really grim prediction that they'll run <laughs> Luciana Berger in, um, in Jeremy Corbyn's seat against him. I, I, I almost think they yeah. might be, even these fucking boneheaded fucks might be slightly too smart for that. I think they're going to pick some kind of uh, quote unquote left wing person. Oh, wait, but of, it, to wait, which I've all of it. us will I've have to it. point out they're running against Jeremy Corbyn for Keir Starmer. They're I, not left wing. I've got it. I know who it's going to be. It's Paul <laughs> Mason. It's going to be Paul Mason. <laughs> well, that shit would be box office. I mean. That would be the greatest election of all time. <laughs> They'd be making films about it after. 
<laughs> God, oh God, Paul Mason loudly shitting himself on the doorsteps in the fucking Islington would be incredible. So there is this uh, point that's made here. So some um, some have argued that the extent of staff neutrality changed somewhat in the new Labour years, in that party staff who were far more dependably sympathetic to Tony Blair's objectives than where the PLP became the vanguard of the Blair project. So. Gee, I wonder if this practice might have influenced what happened later. That definitely makes sense, given what we've seen in the leaked report about how much they hated Brownites. That's a fair point, actually, yeah. So he so he goes on to make this point that, you know, Jeremy Corbyn is the is not the is a leader who comes from the left. But he, he, he goes, so this is a very weird one. He was not the first leader to win that position from the left. Harold Wilson, Michael Foote, Neil Kinnock and Ed Miliband. And I gotta be honest, that's a list that uh look that, I'm, I'm not yeah, I'm not sorry. convinced by this guy's definition of left. Um, yeah, that shows that he has actually simplified for factions within Labour too much because that that there's of I see what he means, but there's obviously he, such differences in, between those figures. In fairness, he does go on to explain the difference here, which is they which okay. is that they all they differed from Jeremy Corbyn in that they broadly came from the mainstream slash tribunite left or soft left. There you go, they do yeah. get a shout out, whereas Jeremy Corbyn came from the <laughs> far left slash campaign group left. Which, I think hard left would have actually hard, been more appropriate there. Far left is is yeah, uh, pretty pretty yeah, like, un, uh, inaccurate, I think. Yeah, hard left would actually describe the st- split between these two groups yeah because properly. hard left like, hard left is like a bit of labor factional lingo far left is like is like a pejorative term to say jeremy corbyn is outside the mainstream of politics and he may be outside the mainstream of politics in the labor party but he represents uh you know uh consistently even at the lowest ebb of socialism in britain uh polling would show that about like 25 percent of the population supported a broadly socialist viewpoint uh you know that someone like corbyn is probably the best representative of so i i again i think that's a, a slanted call using far left in that context so, is, you know, the, yeah. the, longer, the longer this goes on the more i wish that we could go back in time and convince uh, a bunch of french nobility and commoners not to under any circumstances describe a political tendency by relation to a position in space because it just <laughs> it makes this kind of relativist kind of thing where you get into arguments of what's left versus what's not this is a recurring problem, and from a rights perspective, it's just you're on the left if you're left of me. Mm. And that, that, that's how it works, and yeah. it's, it's just so aggravating. Yeah. I, oh, sorry. I think the more I think the more important kind of distinction when it comes to left really is whether whether you have a proper framework in which your your left originates uh, and you can hold up for analysis. Like stuff left to me doesn't really exist it's a kind of mm. liberalism yeah it's got no consistency no uh, and I, that's I the think, i think you're wrong i think soft left like they know the theory they sort of believe the theory it's just they're politically very naive mm. that's been my experience of a soft left it's like they understand like you know marxism or whatever flavor anarchism whatever you want to want to say but just their, their wallets are so easily inspected so easily inspected because they're politically naive I think that's a major distinction between. But I think they've definitely got a long tail of people who don't even have the framework. I mean, I'm going to be real with you. I know straight up communists who don't fucking know the theory. So, like, 
come. Okay, you don't need to at me in this discussion. <laughs> let, me, let me tell you now. Um, I mean, a lot of people don't have a rigid kind of ideological framework, do they? You know, it's it's kind of a narrow, narrow, uh, a very small, like a vanishingly small, like proportion of like people who would identify as being on the left who, uh, you know, know their shit in that regard. You know, I'd probably say I don't really. So, um, I want to know your opinion on cloth, right? Oh, no. cloth. Brian Clough, was he a football ma- <laughs> he, he was. manager? If, if you look at, for example, like uh, mid-90s, new, new Labour before it came to power, so Tony Blair, if you like, Mandelson, they know their stuff. Like, don't know. Yeah. With, within reason. But he, uh, if you ask Blair, he has a favourite edition of Das Kapital, for example. Stuff like that. <laughs> If, I mean, I'm not saying this as a sort of a put down necessarily, but at the time, they still had to court certain people. Yeah. So, like, yeah, mm. the alienation of trade unions came after they came to power, mm-hmm. after they refashioned labor, not before. So, these people had that stuff, but like we're talking about 25 years of these remodeling. And if you look at people in uh, British media who are like, unapologetically Blairite. I'm not talking about like politicians as such, but like people like John Rent or people like Andrew Donis, people like, uh, okay, somewhere in between John McTurnan and so on. What happened <laughs> is that uh, they underst- what they understand to be uh, in Eternals, I mean, that's actually quoting from Rental. Uh, Blairite truths are eternal, he once wrote something. <laughs> that's like an amazing quote. Much, much so, like him. To be fair, yeah. <laughs> he knows all about it. He's just coming to a place of expertise and personal John, lived experience. John Rental isn't eternal so much as he is inevitable at this fucking point. There doesn't seem yeah. to be a single conversation about labor that doesn't involve the fucker in one way or another. Because he keeps getting invited in. We need to learn better. We need to learn. We need to know. You know. What is he saying yesterday? Oh yeah, he was like, uh, Keir Starmer should have applauded Boris Johnson at his final PMQs. That's I was insane. like, better yet, better yet, he should have paid the ultimate tribute and resigned in solidarity with Mr. Johnson. <laughs> that would have, that, that wasn't that, off the cards necessarily. So. Uh, <laughs> They should, have pitched it. they should have pitched it to Kieran and said, listen, um, Boris Johnson's resigning. The only thing you can do is resign yourself and say, I'm taking you down with me. That'll play really well in the press. <laughs> yeah. They, they just just like bribe a focus group to put a word in with Kier. He jest, but he very nearly fucking did. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, he almost had his hand forced on that. If you yeah, well, you know, um, the establishment stitch-up came in, the cover-up yeah. happened, just like which Keir Starmer obviously knows all about from his time as DPP. Yeah, I mean, we did that what? book, right? But I was going to say, he's describing like what leaders historically did in the Labour Party when they were from the left, this broad definition of left. And he goes like, oh, you know, they, they usually try to accommodate the center. You know, they tried to get, but like Jeremy Corbyn didn't seem to signal that he was going to do that. Motherfucker, he, had fucking, he had fucking Hillary Benn in his, yeah. his fucking shadow cabinet. Yeah, I'm, he didn't sack Hillary Benn after he did like the yeah. most treacherous thing, short of the even more treacherous thing that finally did get him sacked. Yeah. I even had Owen Smith back in after the leadership fucking yeah. contest. Ultimate show of magnanimity. And what did yeah. Owen Smith do? Started fucking mouthing off about a fucking second, second referendum like a cunt. Yeah. And also probably privately talked about his dick size a lot based on what we know about <laughs> his conduct in public. Which I mean, was incredible. 
appointing him as the it was a Northern Ireland secretary, right? Yeah. 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 I <laughs> thought like, oh, you know, keep your friends close, enemies even closer. But like, what can he possibly do? I think like, it, what did Owen Smith do? Owen Smith is an interesting creature because there are like Hillary Benn is another example. Millipans, especially David Miliband, sort of a children of prominent left wing people. Lisa Nandy. Yeah. Yeah, mm. Nandy, David and Ed Miliband, Hillary Emily Benn. Pete Buttigieg. Owen Smith as well. Owen Smith's father, Dyer Smith. Was Kamala Harris. He was the editor of Raymond, biographer of Raymond Williams. It's actually like really yeah, yeah, yeah. the whole, I mean, to be totally honest, the whole cabinet stacking by Corbyn and what you're trying to do with it is basically, you know, uh, lol said the scorpion, Lamau, like, yeah. you know, played out in politics. It's, they were always going to do it. So, yeah, well, so it, it, it's like, it's like, well, it's better to have them piercing out the tent than, than, if, no, yeah, what pissing out the tent than in, but it's just like yeah. there's yeah, still doesn't... so much piss. Yeah, but they, they <laughs> filled the tent with. I, I think it was literally a Praxis cast where they said like the, the tent's filled with piss. Then anyway, the, that, that may have even been the one I was on. I yeah, like, yeah. They to, then they were like, Jeremy Corbyn, why won't you drink the piss? Became like the fucking main issue there. I, was it? Tom Blackburn and Jack's podcast at some point, he said something along the lines that like, you, you look at the US after Biden came to power, they could put someone like Bernie Sanders to the Treasury Commission. Mm-hmm. They can't act magnanimous in the US Democrats because the US Democrats never lost the control of the machine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Labor, rights, Labor as such lost the control of the machine for four years. And that was like it. it, it until like you, you guys all remember this. I'm fairly sure. Like to, up to 2017, everyone was like, yeah, yeah, let him run his machine. Like they're gonna fuck up in the 2017 elections, and then we can justify coming back. And he almost won the election. Then everything went full eleven, and yeah. all the all the people like from like New Labour, all the entrants at the time. Like I mean, this is a very sexist thing to say, but uh, one of the things they used to call people like Harriet Harman and the other women who came to. The Labour Party during Blair's period, they were called Blair's Babes. I do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, right? we- I mean, I actually weirdly remember that. I mean, they talk about you know uh, discrimination and so on. And this is actually part of it. And all these people, regardless of who came to power, whether it's Blair, Brown, Miliband, they were more or less secure. You know, there was some tweet going around like Jeremy Corbyn. Uh, there was like you know, fictional banter conversations like Jeremy Corbyn's, okay, we're going to run public service for public good. And this Labour guy who's been working there for 45 years, well, does it mean I can still take bribe from private water companies? No. Oh, I'm sorry, you're an anti-Semite. A bit like yeah. that. So suddenly, like, there's a structural sort of change, like a water change. And you can't have that guy. These people have their entire livelihoods in danger. Like, can yeah. you imagine, like, people all older, like, this people who are made pools out of, obviously, perhaps, but the independent group like every mm. single vote apart from Mike Gibbs has gone back to what they were known to do like you know water companies and uh, bailiffs and so on yeah but, yeah but like what was Mike Gibbs known to do before this we don't even have a picture Round of him milk yeah. wave his arms around <laughs> in a bizarre way yeah that's it <laughs> and anyway I, I want to make a bit more progress here because there's kind of a couple more interesting bits coming up here so, it's clear that some party officials saw Jeremy Corbyn's leadership and the estimated 325,000 new members who joined the party as representing an existential threat to the party. 
which is fucking incredible. What an incredible summary of the act of one of the major contributing factors here, which is only the labor right could think people joining their party is a threat. Yeah, the, the like, return of mass membership politics, like in an unprecedented turn in like British, uh, British political history. Yeah, yeah, like uh, oh man, we're fucked. So Bizarre. interesting phrase as well, existential threat. Where else have we heard that? Yeah. Um, so akin to the threat posed by militant entrists in the 1980s, right? But like, <laughs> right? But like, I want people. To, yeah. I want people to explain this to me. Are there 325,000 like committed, you know, Trotskyists in this country? Are there actually that number of them? Well, if you look at the SWP membership numbers, uh, yes, even more. In fact, no. <laughs> no, but I think you'll find there are about I don't know. Um... 10,000 of them, but they happen to have 325,000 different opinions. Ah, so we're all so Hey, there like, we go. This, yeah, and it's probably safe to thing. assume not all of those like ten thousand people even joined the Labour Party well, in the, the end. The, the SWP explicitly told people not to join it. Yeah, that, that's the thing. They explicitly told people not to, which is such a weird thing. Trotskyists not using parties as fronts. Well, you know, had to happen but eventually. They, they actually went after what was the one remaining Trotskyist faction. So that was the uh, what were they? Socialist action. So they oh, yeah. were the split off from you know they were the they were the split within militant that basically backed the Labour Party. So so the well-behaved trots they they basically yeah <laughs> booted out. Again, you know this is like rewriting history to me as well because I'm from Liverpool originally, where militant is probably strongest, and it didn't militant did nothing but actually build Labour's support in my view for the long term. Yeah. robust beyond all reason and there were never enough of them ever ever to overtake the labor party was it like Fucking three machine. mps they had at most yeah yeah pretty much yeah mm. so but, yeah what a takeover i mean and, yeah and that, that's even even fewer than labor even fewer socialist mps than labor had has now yeah uh, <laughs> um, and they were in the party with kilroy silk as well so it's not, <laughs> oh, you know, it's not like they didn't have some serious competition for you know, the other side of the fence <laughs> yeah fucking hell um so there's this bit here where i, I just enjoy this quote so his victory was fueled by a conviction in some causes that, to quote the Communication Workers' Union when it endorsed his candidacy, the grip of the Blairites must must now be loosened once and for all. There is a virus within the Labour Party and Jeremy Corbyn is the antidote. Which, God, if only that were the fucking case. But he seems to take exception to the description of the faction that he keeps saying did all of this terrible shit as a virus... Which yeah, is... well, he was the best antidote, uh, but it's it's just not you know you need you needed a top up after a while. Yeah, it was you, one of those yeah, kind of vaccines. It's, it's, yeah, like... it's a vaccine, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sadly, the Blairite virus returned with a vengeance. The new it wasn't strain. A sterilizing. Apparently, so like one of the things that's <laughs> yeah. mentioned here, and I don't know the specific bit, which is that they got mad that Jeremy Corbyn hired a lot of staff. The, uh, they got mad that he hired a lot what? of stuff, which when, like, the Bullshit. HQ is full of these cunts, I mean... Yeah, what? they had <laughs> like... to. They had to have somebody equivalent who could actually do the job where the guy at, at HQ just put his fucking feet up so... and was just, you know, fucking sitting down reading Guido Fawkes on his phone or whatever. Yeah. Some of this is in the leaks report, though, where I think, is it Matthews and one of the regional directors 
basically going, oh, will you like motivate the members or something like that? And they're like, oh, fuck those cunts. We'll leave that to momentum. That's their <laughs> yeah, thing. Amazing. Right? Like, amazing. Fucking hell. Do some work, you lazy shitheads. Yeah, and also it's not even true. Like, I mean, Lab- Corbyn's office was like chronically understaffed for for a long time. Yeah. It was only yeah. after, like, uh, just after the twenty seventeen election, in fact, that he was able to, uh, like, you know, get a more kind of quote unquote professional operation uh, going in the office. Although, you know, <laughs> the fat lot of good that did in the long run. Mm. No, it yeah. probably did do good though. It's something that needed to happen. So a lot of this, a lot of stuff here is basically people being like, oh, Jeremy Corbyn's office was poorly run. And, you know, we were, we were, and, you know, like set clearly like right wing staff being like, no, but we would see in the newspaper that they were coming for us. And it's like, who put that in the fucking newspaper? Genuinely, who put <laughs> we, that we, in the newspaper? We, we would go out on the town with Neil Coyle, get fucking yeah. obliterated and wake up in the mornings and see, oh, wait, did I fucking brief like the, the Kevin Schofield that yesterday? Yeah. Like, <laughs> so, so like he, a lot of the like centrist staff stuff is like, oh, the management wasn't very good in Jeremy Coleman's office, which like, yeah, he'd never managed managed an off you know a, a significant organization you might say that probably ought to have come up before but nonetheless them's that's how the cards were dealt but you know a lot of supporters in hq jeremy coleman supporters felt similarly besieged so let's see if we can figure out who the problem was here the continual stress of the hostile leaks the hostile briefings to the press and the go slow on basic tasks interesting produced yeah. an atmosphere that was deeply disagreeable to work in which is the nicest phrasing of that i've ever seen whoever and said so that... what so the equi- the equivalent of, of that for the right-wing faction of the party of the guys at hq etc is is uh just that they were seeing um made up newspaper reports uh second-hand info about how there may be a purge of them uh, yeah. But the, the leaders, the leaders' office wasn't actually doing anything, but they could see it in Seamus Milne's beady little eyes. Yeah, there's a whole thing here where, like, a, a, a mem- senior member of regional staff is like, "There was a real break to my mind between uh, leader of opposition's office and Southside. We weren't working as a team." Yeah, dude, that was the fucking problem. It genuinely was a really horrible atmosphere. I never felt trusted. Never felt that I was part of the team. Always felt on the outside. Well, then have you tried not being right wing? You know. Who's- yeah, I bet this person is in the Panorama documentary. Oh, no, if, no, I, if ne- I never felt regional, trusted. If, if they're regional staff, I'm going to tell you now, they are in the West Midlands region, and their staff All there. right, yeah. I'm going to yeah. tell you now from description that they are probably in the West Midlands, notoriously right-wing West Midlands regional staff. In fact, regional yeah, well, staff what, across the Labour Party are right-wing anyway. So. Yeah, of right-wing. But One I'm of gonna... Tom Watts' cronies. Oh, yeah, almost certainly. Like, um, so the I factions... mean, if only there so... was... So this like is the an thing. administrative role that could help with this, like a, yeah, a like you you read this, you read this, and you think like, isn't there a job? Isn't there someone who's meant to be like in charge of the staff area? You know, not Jeremy Corbyn's staff. That's Jeremy Corbyn's problem, right? But the staff in the party and yeah, actually, yeah. you know, deal with that. But clearly, these no. people are not very good at their job. I wonder who the general secretary was at the time. I wonder if he uh, ended up Jeremy Corbyn. Him. That's, yeah, that's it. <laughs> so, so, it's only, there's only one person that is that is allowed to take personal blame and be, be blamed by everyone. And if you uh, and if you say, hey, maybe you're just blaming this one person too much, that's a conspiracy theory. Um, right, but... No names named so otherwise. I, I want you to... Des- I want to describe the situation to you. Um... 
The factions ended up in a cycle of attack and counterattack. Doesn't sa- there wasn't much counterattacking going on? I can tell because if there were yeah, counterattacking yeah, going defense, on, defense, defense is the yeah, word that they're looking for. Which they obviously can. With each side assuming that the other was acting in bad faith, sometimes justified, but sometimes not. No, but dude, you need to specify when that was the case and when it wasn't, right? Because yeah. because if you read this report, you and you read that sentence, you think like, well, that doesn't. Like, you can be specific about it. We know who it was who was acting in bad faith. It was the right, not the left. Like, we know. We can read the report. We can. He must think we can't read the rest of the report as we're reading different sections. Like, we're struggling with object permanence in the context yeah. of the report. It's a really <laughs> bizarre document, in a way. Because it's, it's almost like it's explaining it to a two-year-old who he assumes like, will forget things. It's, um, do you know what this is, Sinan? Have you ever played Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of Liberty? Yes. Right. And you know how they have this whole thing at the end where it was this, it's all about how they, they're not aiming to like censor information. What they're aiming to do is create context because the, the overwhelming amount of information people are exposed to means that they, they basically can't keep their bearings. And by just providing a few points of context, you can shape how they'll go. That's modern politics in a nutshell. And mm, what this document yeah. is, is it's just creating pull quotes so that, you know, all the wankers we know can basically read what we want to from this report, put the pull quotes out there, and most people will not take the time to read this report because there's always something else going on at the same time, and that's mm. that's the point behind this, you know? Yeah, that's probably why it was delayed so much, don't you think? Just like lots of different people putting their two cents in and saying, "Oh, can you make can you make that more equivocal? Can yeah. you water that down a bit?" You know. Um, uh, some, something I found interesting was, um, you know, we're talking about the good faith point. Like, uh, he says, um, in response to, like, the key allegation of, like, the Panorama documentary and those so-called whistleblower snakes uh, who got the massive payout from Starmer appeared in that documentary, um, that was, you know, the... Uh, you know, lead, the leader's office were like interfering inordinately in anti-Semitism cases mm. with the uh, you know intention of protecting their mates or whatever. Um, it's it. He says here that um, you know he he makes the key. He basically uh, Ford refutes all of those allegations entirely, and he makes he, he then he he clarifies um whatever HQ's motives uh, for you know saying that Lotto were interfering unduly. We find that uh, leaders of the opposition staff res- respond- responded to the requests for the most part reasonably in good faith. Yeah. I, I, again, I would like to know what he means by yeah, for the, the most part. The, what was the unreasonable yeah, and bad exactly. faith responses? That's the thing. That's the, that's the thing that gets me with this, where he's like, for the most part, I'm like, no, but you clearly can tell us, right? But I, I don't know. I... I it, it reads fucking horribly, but yeah. So th- <laughs> and that's where that's where he he includes like the rebuttal by the HQ staff. Like they're like, oh yeah, there's no like paper trail of uh, of them doing that. Uh, but 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 uh, uh, they there was stuff that uh, happened in another school. You know, it's yeah. like there's persistent offline interference by like just conveniently undocumented interference yeah that's the thing yeah like the thing is you're supposed to have um if you have documented evidence you're supposed to privilege that over say um you know uh, just random hearsay right yeah it's the same as the same as the whatsapp group thing you know oh well the left probably had one you know, it's like, oh, well, okay, well, why don't you do a bit of digging and try and fucking see if, see if anyone on the left is, uh, actually feels aggrieved enough by the, you know, the, 
the beastly fascist tyranny of Corbynism that that they'll actually leak that whole thing to you to assist the right. I don't know if it's going to happen. Yeah, um, so... So basically consequences for the senior staff involved in the message. So basically only four of the staff who were in that WhatsApp group still exist, still work at the party, still exist. That would have been a fucking brutal um, <laughs> sentence. But they, uh, and, and those four didn't really do any of the stuff in the group chats. So, you know, but there is this annoying phrase here that he's used as a pull quote. Many have lost sight of the humanity of those who they see as being in an opposing faction. Yes, many. Who specifically? Because it seems like a particular faction has done that. Because, like, to to weaponize a form of racism in the way that has that he has said has happened in this report already heavily implies that one group definitely didn't see some people as um, actual people. And it's not the one you might think. Like, God damn, yeah. it's just such like ridiculous nonsense that's gonna it's, it's geared to piss people off, right? Yeah, like, I, I was kind of confused by that because I mean, so what's what's uh, like, the, the Corbynite left exploiting anti-Semitism for its own gain? Is that is when we come out and we say Jeremy Corbyn is not anti-Semitic, please still vote for him. Uh, because he's actually not an anti-Semite and he thinks anti-Semitism bad, which it is. Are we then trying to leverage the issue of anti-Semitism for political gain? Uh, or are we just, uh, you know, trying to that, fight our corner and say what we think is right? Well, that was the thing, you know, it was like, it, I, I described it as like getting punched in the face by someone and being blamed when they bruise their knuckles. Yeah, like, yeah. that is in essence what it is. And yeah, I'm sure Blairites believe in Absana Begum's fundamental humanity. Yeah, interesting, because we do come to a, a bit about, you know, in the final allegation, where we might see that that's not the case. But yeah, that, that section in general is, uh, it's, it's annoying. It's an annoying section. Okay, we're on to allegation two, and we've got an hour and 15. We might run late, everyone. I don't know. <laughs> factionalism adversely impacted on the handling of anti-semitism complaints in the relevant period oh i wonder if this is true um the problem was principally a lack of clarity on both sides about how involved lotto should be right which yeah i suppose in the context of the aggravation that they clearly have towards each other is not great um, well, if we cast but, our minds back to that time, there, there, there was a massive, what was the word he used? Like an inconsistency. Uh, mm. we, it, it, there, it was ultimately um, a, a huge barrage of people saying, Jeremy Corbyn needs to take control of this. Yeah. Why isn't he kicking out the anti-Semites? Jeremy Corbyn needs to personally stand up uh, and do what needs to be done. And the other hand was Jeremy Corbyn must not stand up and do anything that needs to be done. He needs to stay out of the processes and any attempt to remedy the problem by him is just further interference for his own advantage. You know, mm. So it just seems like a no-win situation. Yeah, but basically the description here is that the uh, the organization has no fucking system or guidance in place for the issue. They're like, the mm. complaints generally, right? They're just like, no, there's nothing. It doesn't exist. Well, it doesn't fucking they exist. Is, they certainly what? weren't... Sorry, man. Sorry, man. I'll let you say Oh, go, go. I was just going to say, well, it's certainly the Labour Party uh, disciplinary system certainly wasn't built solely for anti-semitism which was all you heard like so number one what do we do as a party number one 
Uh, well, we have socialist policies, I guess. Number two, we kick anti-Semites out of a party. Uh, it, it it was kind of like it fell to the wayside that there was any other function for for a, a party having disciplinary systems. And frankly, no, like Labour Labour's disciplinary processes were not um, were not equipped to have to have this kind of laser focus on anti-Semitism specifically. So. Um... Here's, there's a there's a bit here, right? So a lot of us will remember the the 2016 leadership election, and the uh, the number of people who were uh, prevented from voting in it for mysterious reasons that we cannot possibly discern, or maybe we can. So the so this is about the 2015 2015 to 2016 validation exercises. Good yeah. use of quotes there for once. Um, the allegation that the staff in GLU failed to deal with anti-Semitism cases partly because. They engaged in a factionally based, in factionally based exercises against the left is a very serious accusation and one we need to assess in some detail. Well, that's good. That sounds interesting. So, um, the leaked report repeats allegations that in that period, GLU staff were diverted into an exercise that trolled the social media accounts of a substantial number of applicants and members on the left in search for problematic posts, which is probably all of mine, to be honest, which would justify <laughs> rejecting their application in order to deny them a vote in the leadership elections held in those years. It is alleged that this was a factional exercise targeted at the left with a view to preventing Jeremy Corbyn from being re-elected leader. The leaked report cites multiple instant messages, which we have seen, in which GLU staff described this process as hunting out thousands of trots, trot busting, trot spotting, trot hunting, etc. There's so many different trot-related things that he had to be like, no, okay, look, we can, I can't list them all. Like, yeah, um, God, it's just it's so. You got. The best bit is yet to come, though. Oh, yeah. It's oh, yeah, an yeah, absolutely yeah. mental bit. So, <laughs> like, like, like everyone's... I can sense up. the tension in the call. Like, ding, this, ding, ding, yeah. ding, 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 yeah, ding. I know, right? I can <laughs> sense the tension in the call. I, I, I know, I'm just trying... I'm teasing you all now. Um, so, no one's denied that the validation process existed. I think it's existed for a long time, to be honest. Um, in fact... And I just get in both sides before you get on to the next bit. Yeah. <laughs> I have lots of bells. I cheer frequently when I see a good tweet, when I hear a, <laughs> That's a the bitch thing. Neil Young guitar solo. The... I may ring a bell myself. Well, I spend a lot of time on YouTube, and they always tell you to ring that bell, so I'm just yeah, doing so... what they tell me to, right? Bob <laughs> Dylan has a song called Ring Them Bells, so I think actually uh, they're following the word of our, our Lord and Saviour. Yeah. <laughs> I just... Uh... <laughs> I can't fucking cope with this. Right. Um, <laughs> so, um, so um, a list of rejected members was, uh, was 238 applicants. Some were Green or Conservative Party members who were joining to vote for Jeremy Corbyn with differing motives. Yeah, I, can yeah, I think so. main, mainly Green. Is and, that another yeah, both sides kind of Conservative And in fairness, and we accept that those applications were properly rejected, which does seem fair enough. You can't be a member of one party and then join another. Most parties have a rule about that. Um, I don't, I'm not going to get mad about that. Others were rejected because they had indicated in the reasons for joining section, which, by the way, don't ever fill that in, um, that they were joining only to vote for Jeremy Corbyn and would leave it if he did not become leader, which seems well, to us more foolish. questionable as a ground for rejection. Well, yeah, but first of all, if you're stupid enough to write that... Mm, you're anyway. not going to be an asset to a party. No, well, you probably... I mean... 
They were probably being very earnest in a very naive way. Um, You'd not be a good asset to the intelligence services either. That was actually it before you even got in the door. It's actually really funny that that was Paul Mason's application in 2016. (laughs) 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 I do not want a Blairite party that supports NATO, that supports the EU. Like fuck it, they're like, well, we won't let that guy in the party. (laughs) 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 Your average person on the street who's politically just homeless or not even homeless but just like never been involved completely disenfranchised they're totally naive about this stuff so mm-hmm. you know i can't be yeah. too hard on them for like putting that down that's just nah. yeah yeah I'm, I'm just saying that like i've never filled in an optional section in a form in my life um which I just <laughs> that's what i find incredible about it more than anything so um there's so others were apparently rejected for reasons that were wholly inadequate for example pattern of retweeting green party material and expressing support frequently submits images to the socialist worker from SWP protests and events Uh, this is all in lowercase so I'm presuming this is a shit poster on the cover Green Party supporter likes on Facebook that's it like Twitter follows and retweets far-left groups and politicians. No specificity there at all. This is... Well, we have in the leak report more specificity on that. And yeah, it's like UK uncut, like NHS uh, advocacy groups, like often really milquetoast I mean, given Wes Streeting's thing about the NHS today, I guess that would be far-left to them. So retweeted class war. All right. And this this one's just written weird. Likes a lot of greens on Facebook. Just but individual is spelled, Yeah, a lot of is spelled L O T T A. Which, by the way, if you a ever, whole lot of green, if you ever send me like a formal thing with that in it, I'm gonna email you back and tell you to fix it because I'm not Cle- clearly like, clearly a, a high times subscriber likes yeah. a lot of greens. By the way, um, someone in the chat mentioned that like I was gonna write see me on the report, <laughs> but I, <laughs> I am genuinely not very far off being like that. <clears throat> so um, okay, so the. Pro- process was formalized somewhat in 2016 which you might think improved things um so we sat down and we identified all of the terms of abuse that the sitting mps and peers had come to us with so the peers came with a list of terms that offended them personally and this only referred to the yeah, leadership what, like members of the house of lords yeah so <laughs> so terms of known abuse which is where you get all the blairite scum the traitor the rats those sorts of things a phrase like i voted green i voted tory those sorts of things and hashtags from previous general elections and local elections and things so it was a list of hundreds and hundreds of terms that became the list that the social media was run against so um <laughs> it's pretty insane um yeah, well, they were they, they had a really like uh, oh. technologically uh, uh, unsophisticated method of like uh, picking these phrases out, which like uh, what 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 was it like? They they uh, one of the, the the horrible slurs that they were looking for was rat. Um, yeah. It's worth looking back. Actually, remember we started. We all started calling people slugs and melt. We, we did. Partly, I remember partly because they weren't at the time uh, prescribed terms and the Labour Party rulebook. But rats was uh, was apparently um, not uh, not allowed. And unfortunately, rats is uh, you know a number of letters that appear in quite a lot of different that words. Is, yeah, that is true. Um... Uh, so I'm, I'm just I'm trying to see if there's like an example of that here. But, so uh, a number of abusive phrases containing the names or Twitter handles of specific MPs, almost all of whom were on the centre of the right of the party, is one of the things they included in it. Weird. I wonder who they were targeting with this. Anyway, um, 
So I'm, yeah. I, might, I might skip to the bit that we're all waiting for because this is largely procedural stuff that we already know. Ding about. ding 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 ding. All right, ding. okay, all right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> is it is it um is it two twenty seven where we get this? Is that where it is? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, right. I'm gonna read it then. Fine. Everyone, everyone in chat, get ready to smash that notification bell. Sorry, everyone. Yeah, if you're not already following, now's the time. Strange, the list has crepes of bread on it. Yeah, that was very strange, but that was also way before I did that tweet, so they didn't catch me. Hey. Anyway, one temporary member of staff who was based in HQ at the time told us of particular concern for me as I commenced work at Southside was the regular ringing of bells and cheering throughout the working day. On comment, <laughs> sorry, please let me get through this. Um, on commenting that there seemed to be a lot of birthdays among colleagues, I was advised that the bell ringing was conducted by the compliance unit and represented the successful suspension or expulsion of a member often surrounded by the description of such members as trots. A large number of staff across most teams were actively involved in trolling members' posts, trolling members, post holders, and potential candidates' social media accounts, seeking evidence that might be used against them. Although it was unclear to me whether this was as volunteers or on a specific request from a compliance unit. What a fucking bizarre work environment. Like, not not only is it like a horrible work environment. I hear the left also did this. Yeah, oh, apparently the left also had a bell. I, I actually go around Nottingham ringing a giant bell like I'm the fucking town crier reading out a list of cunts that I don't like. It's just, like, I just, sometimes FFF will write this shit for, for Gatecast, and I'm like, okay, this is pretty funny, but, like, it's, it's, it's insane. You should be you should be institutionalised. And then, um, and then like, it's something will just happen in British politics, and it just, it's literally a thing, like, that the likes of Gates do. Like, we have a whole thing about him having a childish a childlike fascination with bells and just like you can like you can like distract him when he's in one of his rages by just like ringing a bell and he's like oh to be that magnificent bell or like trick I, him into doing you know your bidding i 100 believe that i 100 percent believe that hold on i've got to do a key voice because someone's requested it compliance unit there you go uh, you get a key voice Ugh. Oh god! I, it's it's such a the thing is with the key voice. It's it's there's a lot of like mouth work in doing that voice, and you could probably hear it in some in one of the drops in particular. I yeah, hang on. Should do it again. Do it again. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna do it. Again. So it's just a little quick. Right. Just a little quick. Just a little quick. All right, all right. I'm going. Compliance unit. Sorry, I just punched my own dick off out of displeasure at hearing that. <laughs> Good. Okay. <laughs> okay. Good. Thanks, mate. I, 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 was look, I was looking for an excuse to do it. I'll be honest. Yeah. Inspired by that Wu Tang affiliate. Uh, <laughs> anyway. um... Oh man. So okay. So basically, basically, the conclusion in this bit is: yeah, even if you're like factionally in favour of the of the trot spotting, as it was, as he's taken to calling it. Which, by the way, of all the terms he could have picked out to use, I think pretty good. Um, pretty good position to take. That that That's was a, a phrase good... used among uh, HQ, wasn't it? Yeah, it's a yeah. good one to pick out, I think. But uh, he he sort of like it probably did divert quite a lot of the stuff from actually dealing with the fucking um, with 
with the uh, with the actual issue. The entire lyrics of "Baby Got Back." I'm sorry, I'm not doing a whole song in the key voice. <laughs> I feel I feel like that requires uh, m- monetary compensation for me to do that. Oh, and disappointing your chat here. Yeah. Whoever requested that is clearly a fine, upstanding person. Oh, I know who requested. Don't worry, I know who requested. I know them. I know them well enough. Um, <laughs> um, has anyone? Has everybody seen that self-pitying Keith interview with Sky News? I have. I didn't like it. It was terrible. It was a. It was. I was awful. It's like you've everything's such a fucking imposition to that fat fucking cunt. Like it's just like oh, campaigning for campaign. I hated selling myself to Labour members. I hated it. It's just like yeah. Well, don't run if you don't fucking like it. You cunt. Yeah, exactly. What, what's the new solution. thing? Oh. I hate being an opposition. I hate it. Well, if it's such a displeasure to lead the fucking Labour Party, then again, step down, you fucking cunt. Like, <laughs> the man the man just thinks that, like, any time that he has to, like, make himself accountable to anybody else, whether it's, you know, the Durham Constabulary or the members of the Labour Party, you know, he, he just thinks it's a fucking chore that he should he should have, he shouldn't have to work for anything. He should just have it fucking handed to him. I fucking hate him. So Sorry. I can, I can, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, so there's a bit here where there's alleged interference by Lotto staff and NEC members in complaints, and I have a speculation as to which GLU staff member they're talking to here. But um, basically, he he sort of, well, he I'm saying he they because um, I, I have a suspicion as to who it is. Um, they basically keep complaining like, oh no, they keep um, asking me to do my job. Basically, if you if I yeah. say that's what their um, if I say that's what the issue is here, you will be able to guess who it is. I won't say their name, but uh, I think I've said it earlier in the stream. But um, yeah, let's call him Luke A. No, this is a member of staff. Luke A. Curse is just a weirdo who keeps losing to people called Dick Wolf in elections. That's, that's <laughs> hey, hey, hey! He won an election in the fucking Labour Party. The Labour membership elected him number one in the membership Which poll. Which means so. that the Labour membership uh, just have no taste. Dick have Wolf, a have a have seen. a moral issue going on there. I think the la- the remaining right, so... what rem- the the the, the Labour membership, which is a third of the size it was like what a year ago or something. So here's the thing. One senior member of TLU staff told us that intervention by Lotto or their supporters in the media or online... Again, we're talking about fucking online. uh, Like five people. Their supporters in the media. Owen Jones. Also, I'm trying to signal Uh, my partner. (laughs) Paul Mason. um, Both of them. Both of their supporters in the media. I'm about to get lit up. There I am. Okay, sorry. My eyes oh, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get lit up. After, lit up. After yeah, this, that's a, I, I meant yeah. like in a light. You know, I literally got my partner to turn the light on. Um, I'm gonna get shot. Um, but yeah, get lit so, up by some gangs, Norwich so gangs. Basically, he said it happened. Those. It happened in many thousands of cases. There were not many thousands of days in which this fucking thing could have happened. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? But uh, he concludes with, in most cases, these are not the kind of interventions of which documentary proof would exist. Which basically means it's hearsay and bullshit. Made up, yeah. It's just, just totally. To- these people, are, they, they just lie and lie. Yeah. A number of cases were flagged to us as examples of lotto interference. As explained above, we have not reproduced the analysis conducted by the EHRC. We do not have the complete correspondence in relation to any individual case. And such an analysis is beyond the scope of this report. In any event, we will though look at a key case illustrating the ways in which lotto interference is said to have manifested itself during the period 2015 and 2018. Ken Livingston, 
which for for readers of the previous uh, won the EHRC report. Uh, readers of the EHRC report will recall that. Uh, the Labour Party's illegal interference in Ken Livingston's case was to encourage the GLU to hurry the fuck up and kick him out. Yeah, and 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 that was one of the uh, the own, that, w- that what, was what one the, of the two incidents. Two cases of, uh, so, of, of, so, of unlawful uh, discrimination. And, and, no harassment. At Ken least, Living- yeah, sorry. At the least EHRC 50... report was mental in retrospect. That bit is very technically correct, but at least fifty percent of the illegal harassment was getting people to kick, pe- asking people to hurry the fuck up that's, and deal with Ken Livingston. That's, that's, that's really unfair. And I actually have a third case right in front of me. Um, it says here, um, I walked into the leader of the opposition's office, and he was there encouraging the compliance unit to, uh, you know, interfere in anti-Semitism cases and the anti-Semitism, uh, anti-Semitism cases looked at me and I saw them. Like, I'm pretty sure that's... An, an <laughs> that's, very, that's a very credible testimony. We have Sounds to take, me. We have to take this very seriously. Um, <laughs> I think there's a bit of space because Nick Cohen hasn't got a column this week, so uh, I think I'll <laughs> well, write that on now. <laughs> and who's to say why Nick Cohen doesn't have a column? Anyway, um, <laughs> I believe... But it's so- hands full. I actually have a, 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 a something related to Nick Cohen. I'll try and tiptoe around this in case in case his lawyers are listening. But you know the fact that there have been so so many. I feel very credible allegations against Nick Cohen. We don't necessarily have to detail what mm. those allegations are. But as I tweeted. Every single person who I know in the media, I'm not that well connected. I only know a few people in the media, but I've, you know, across like the Corbyn period, I, there were a few I spoke to over time. The, the, the topic of Nick Cohen frequently came up because, you know, that's what I do. I bitch about centrist commentators, like especially with, you know, if I had talking to someone, I'm like, hey, you, you know, Nick Cohen, he's, he's a cunt, isn't he? Every fucking one of them knew about Nick Cohen. Every single fucking one of them. There are multiple allegations. Multiple. Are all these these women orchestrating a conspiracy? Are they getting together and all coming up because they love Corbyn so much? From what I can see, some of them, you know, have quite different politics to, to maybe the strains of socialism to which we, we would sympathize. But, 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 like, the point is that basically... Because Nick Cohen is in the club, uh, because he's someone who he makes a lot of political attacks and his political attacks are primarily on the left, there's just kind of like this this knee-jerk assumption in the media that the attacks on him, or not even attacks, the accusations against him are just a kind of a politically motivated attack by uh, Corbynites to undermine him and don't even kind of deserve the time of day. They don't even deserve to be written up. Um, no, you know, it's, it's not even knee jerk. It's just that they spent all this time building this edifice to spec, and now that it's there, they might as well use it for other things as well. Like, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I think that makes sense. But but the the, the way that this relates to the reports is the fact that there has been so little coverage of this report in in the mainstream media. I mean, there's barely been a response to it from the Labour leadership beyond the initial lies that their spokesman put out about the contents of the report. But, you know, I don't know what Starmer has got to say about all this, really. Um, So so they're they're trying their their hardest uh, to bury it. But, you know, the way that the mainstream media aren't covering... um, you know, the, the major revelations of this report, or if they are, it's, you know, Luciana Berger and Ed Balls sitting there with a caption of, of uh, anti-Semitism under Corbyn, uh, as Sky News, I believe, did. Like, mm. um, you know, the, the, just like the very fact that, like, how, however credible the, the allegations are, 
like for, uh, of uh, you know people within the Labour Party working to undermine the leadership. However credible the allegations are that they did this specifically using the issue of anti-Semitism and wielding it as a political weapon. Uh, however uh, uncredible the suggestion that they did something similar on the left side is, and it's it indeed is only a suggestion. It doesn't seem to be that assertion does not seem to be particularly well uh, evidenced. Like, it's not. Spoiler. It's, it's just not yeah. taken. It's not taken seriously. It the very fact that this is coming from like Corbynites uh, or people who are perceived to have that kind of agenda, or the very fact that it reflects badly on people who have set their stall against uh, Corbynism, like the Nick Cohen thing. The accusations aren't necessarily coming from Corbynites. They're coming from uh, Jolly and Morgan and a bunch of women of different politics. Like the very fact that it's just like you know it's this kind of you're with us or against us attitude that um you know i think was far more poisonous on the right than the left in the corbyn era mm. uh, is really an evidence over both these two issues and so, so sorry if that i went on with that that's but, like, fine i, I was i was gonna say you did mention that like oh the media's been silent about we might be about to hear about why that's the case because media criticism of lotto involvement uh-huh. so Okay, so we'll, we'll walk through each of the examples he has here. So, um, so some of the emails referred to above were apparently leaked to the press, leading to stories such as The Sun's Jeremy Corbyn's cronies meddling Labour anti-Semitism cases to stop their friends getting kicked out of the party on the 5th well, of they, March 2019. Um, they apparently leaked to the press. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they, they advanced from phone hacking to computer hacking. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, uh, anyway, uh, there are other similar examples, such as an article published by Sky News on the same day and an article by The Times reported on the 31st of March 2019. So basically, day, it was a daily fucking occurrence. It's not, yeah. an, it's, not a, it's not a new observation, but it's important context. Which so, was the goal? Which was the goal to keep Labour in that constant defensive position so you can say, oh, look, they're fighting a factional war of attrition. Yeah. So uh, in July 2019, a member of GLU staff was shown in the BBC Panorama program, Is Labour Anti-Semitic? Say, <laughs> Great title. I love the title of that. Just like Yeah. Um, <laughs> also, they didn't follow the style guide for the correct way to write anti-Semitic. But anyway, yeah. um, saying that the 10th of March 2018 email from a senior Lotto staff member quoted above in relation to a Jewish member on the left had been interpreted in HQ as the leader's office requesting to be involved directly in the disciplinary process. This is not a helpful suggestion. It is an instruction. It's all framed as a suggestion, but it's that this is not some junior staff at the leader's office. This is a senior lotto member, part of GM Jeremy Corman's inner circle. I saw that when clip on yeah. uh, Sam Matthews fucking yeah. that little... So when he, like, hey, but the thing is, he's just like... You got to read between the lines of what yeah. Seamus Mill so, saying. So here's, the, like, here's hey. the thing about this, right? Here's the thing about this. I need people to sort of think back more than two years, which I know, like, there aren't any liberals in the chat, hopefully, which means you should all be mentally capable of doing it. How just many, on the screen. Just on the <laughs> screen, yeah. Well, yeah, me, me and Jack famously now on our liberal arc. So um, <laughs> We've joined the Conservative Party. Yeah, we've but... done entryism into the Tories. We're voting for yeah, the mistrust. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, no, I can't believe the deep state did my girl Penny dirty That's, like yeah, that. Yeah, well, you know, we, a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of MILF enjoyers are very heartbroken by that. Anyway, I want to make... Thank you for your service, MILF. I did, I did want to make a serious point, which was that... Um, which is that how many of us remember the demands that Jeremy Corbyn specifically get involved in accelerating these cases? 
Like, That's what I was saying earlier. Yeah. Just inundated by demands that he get involved and, and simultaneous and, demands that he have no involvement. In, in fact, I think it's interesting that Ford is... I don't think he mentions that Tom Watson intimated that he was getting involved in these cases and then demanded Corbin do the same. When yeah, in does fact, what that is the exact fucking problem. That is-, is, it, is it unseemly factionalism to acknowledge the existence of Tom Watson? It's certainly unseemly in some fashion, for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, it's unseemly to remember he exists, but... Yeah. but uh, <laughs> anyway, anyway, there, so there's another there's another example here. So a Jewish Chronicle article from around the same time quoted a member of the GLU staff suggesting that Lotto's in office had started involving themselves in individual cases, whether it was with a, a CLP member or a Jewish member on the left. With both of those, the leader's office had directly intervened very heavily. I Do take you it... have a favourite Tory MILF? Okay, thanks for playing the Tory MILF drop in the middle of that. That's good. Um... <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> I had taken the decisions to suspend people such as the Jewish la- Jewish member on the left and the CLP member. Incidentally, this Jewish member on the left business. I think that warrants some thoughts, actually, from the report writer. Anyway, and yet I was, for the first time, instructed that I had to get it cleared by a senior Lotto staff member's office. Because none of you were doing your fucking jobs up until this point. Anyway... Then doesn't he like the thing that annoys me here is doesn't he stop to think in the context of them constantly ringing bells every time they kick out a left wing member that maybe there was a thought process behind wanting to double check their fucking work in this case. Anyway, yeah. then came an email from another senior Lotto staff member telling me that JC was interested in this one. Weird that Jesus Christ intervening in personal in particular cases in the Labour Party, but um, so it's John Cale. <laughs> Wales's finest musician just had a, a strange interest uh, in Labour's just, disciplinary process. I've just, I've just realised what's going on here. I figured out what's going on. Yeah, they're like, yeah, we'd like him to be involved, but not involved. We'd like the Holy Spirit to get involved and move the process along, but we'd That's like it. Jesus Christ himself to stay out of it. That's it. They're yeah, just oh, a division of Labour, exactly. Uh, yeah. Um... so okay so based on the evidence we've seen however we consider that the narrative put forward in relation in particular the march to april 2018 emails was partial and misleading so there you go the people who uh did tv shows and ran articles and all this shit tricked at best they were at best they were duped by the likes of sam matthews the dumbest looking cunt in the world yeah yeah which is embarrassing how you get how you get tricked by a guy who looks like an australian like, well, on, the, thing, the thing is, I, I personally believe I cannot know the contents of John Ware's mind, but I personally believe that he was not tricked. Uh, well, he, he, he went into yeah. his Labour and his Labour anti-Semitic documentary with a pre-existing agenda. Uh, and, and, you know, some journalists, they'll like uh, kind of look at a particular area and they'll investigate this area and they'll find the story mm. from doing that. John, John Ware knew what the story I, was when he went in i firmly believe i remember one time when i was having i think it was josie from new statesman uh not new statesman new socialist that would have been a big step yeah. down for her um, yeah <laughs> uh, i was having her on um and uh, i remember that an account followed me when i announced that and it was called john Ware shags dogs um, <laughs> which, um, uh, he's very he's very litigious by the way just a yeah well i mean if john Ware wants to sue me for saying that he's saying it's believable that he shags dogs 
Well, that yeah, exactly. That was the so, name of the account. That's not an allegation. Yeah, that's not no, a statement. Okay. That's not a statement of fact. However, there is a libel drop. So if someone wants to play that, they're welcome to. But I will yeah. just say that. Um... I, well, I I do firmly. <laughs> I do. I will reiterate on my remarks. I firmly, personally believe that that uh, that documentary was a politically motivated hit job and one of the discre- well, most disgraceful pieces of, of journalism uh, in in uh, the history of uh, British media. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe Ford here has an opinion on that. In our view, it's entirely misleading, however, to imply that these emails in themselves were evidence of those Lotto staff members inserting themselves unbidden into the disciplinary process for factional reasons. So that yeah. would somewhat confirm what you're saying. Uh, in fact, the um, entire premise of the documentary in tatters. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so basically, he he, he Ian comes. Austin Shags dogs. Thank you for playing the libel drop. Um, so there you go. Ian Austin Shags dogs is now on the vod. Um, <laughs> but uh, so basically. Um, a lot of this stuff doesn't involve... Basically, he says, we can't prove or disprove a lot of this stuff. Um, and that there was a lot of pressure on the GLU stuff. Oh, the poor Uwu Smallbean GLU stuff who got huge yeah. payouts against the uh, against the advice of the Labour Party's lawyers. Poor them. They're the victims in this, aren't they? You know? Fuck but he's, he basically goes, goes on to say, you know, we'll chalk it up to crossed wires. We can't possibly say anything about it. Which, to me, is what a wholly a unsatisfactory shit. conclusion I- to draw. Oh, sorry, you say your thing, because I'm going to I was just going to say that witch hunt bit in there, though. Mm. I mean, I think is, like, when, like, most of the narrative was around the leader not getting involved enough and and all this stuff. The witch hunt stuff was, like, a fringe of people on, on Twitter who most certainly had barely any access to these people. So I think like it, it just feels like an absolute fucking load of bollocks thing to have put in there. So we got a, when oh sorry, it was a minority. It, it was a minority of of the noise in the wider world. Yeah, well, it's um, similar to how the actual anti-Semites in the Labour Party are, are a minority within a minority, you know, and and they're sort of uh, were were a lot, were seen as uh, dominate as as defining the entire party. So everything has these like complete hall of mirrors, disproportionate distortions. So I want to. Uh, what, and I what's want... their platform that would that would amplify their impact? None. Yeah. So I wanted to just point out this uh, comment in the chat, which is, I still don't quite understand the rationale for those payouts. Was it to give further credits to their accounts? No, it was services rendered. Yeah, it was like, It was basically uh, with, with the direction that I'm going in, we're going to accept that Labour was an anti-Semitic party, that Corbyn was responsible for that, uh, and I'm not going to question that in any way. It was a total politi- cynical political calculation, just as, just the same... Part and parcel of when Starmer sits down with a disgraceful smear merchant like Lee Harpin uh, and and tells him, you know, that Israel's not an apartheid state. Just a total abject cynicism to the whole thing. I genuinely believe, echoing, I was going to mention some comments that Sam Matthews made in that disgraceful so-called documentary, that that fictitious um, uh, hour-long TV drama. Um, I, I, you know... uh, but, but like basically, I, I I firmly believe that nobody has done more to trivialize the issue of anti-Semitism, to factionalize it, to make it so that it is irreparably um, a, a kind of uh, 
two sides political split that cannot be resolved uh, is Keir Starmer. Like more more than any other person alive, more than anyone who was actively involved in the anti-Semitism thing when Corbyn was leader, which Starmer was very quiet on. You know, I'm sure he raised it at shadow cabinet meetings so that he could brief the media that he had said, uh, Jeremy, uh, I was just wondering, uh, why haven't we sorted out anti-Semitism yet? As if it was that fucking simple, you know. Yeah, I mean... Starman, you know, Starman knew where the uh, stop anti-Semitism button was and deliberately didn't tell Jeremy Corbyn. That's um, <laughs> that's the so impression. I, um, I think um, Mike Crotch in the chat has made a point, which is mm-hmm. that in terms of like giving those payouts, the right wanted to bankrupt a party so we can go cap in hand to business. Um, and I think that I think that's basically right. It's it's getting rid of the fund would allow them to create rhetorical pressure, which is oh, listen, guys. I mean, we should be building from the members as a grassroots organization, but we're dead broke thanks to these lawsuits. So we're going to have to go to business. That's true. That's definitely true as well. They they like the Corbyn bankrupted the party narrative. Same as, you know, basically Ben McCluskey bankrupted Unite. Even though Keir Starmer has effectively eaten his nest egg. Yeah, that's essentially what he's done. He's squandered his inheritance. Yeah, you, Which, I mean, you you can't actually say that, Jer- that Len McCluskey bankrupted Unite in the Daily Mirror. Uh, thankfully, British courts have ruled because it's not true. But it's equally untrue that Jeremy Corbyn did that to the Labour Party. And yeah, that is something that Starmer is like predicating this whole narrative so, on. Uh, but, that we hemorrhage money paying off anti-Semitism stuff. So um, I'd add the glee over members leaving that as well is also yeah. a significant upside as far as they're concerned right oh yeah they, yeah yeah they basically there was a way that my dad described uh the main opposition party in turkey uh which is that it's a club you already have to be a member of to join which is like <laughs> what they want the labor party to be basically yeah yeah like, i mean so, so i was i was saying what i was saying about keir starmer it's all it, it almost parallels what Sam Matthews said in that Panorama documentary, which was that Jeremy Corbyn has done more than anyone in modern political history to bring about the rise of anti-Semitism. Every far-right politician in (laughs) in the last 70 years pales beside Jeremy Corbyn, okay? Everyone whose politics are expressly anti-Semitic, everybody for whom they have policies that adversely affect Jewish people, all of them pale beside Jeremy Corbyn. I saw firsthand the way his people operate and the way they allowed it to happen, whatever that means. I witnessed a deliberate attempt by these people to redefine what constituted modern-day anti-Semitism, which, if you'll remember, was having the same misgivings about certain examples in the not- universally agreed IHRA definition of anti-Semitism that one of its authors, Kenneth Stern, did, uh, and, in, and in fact expressed in a piece that The Guardian very helpfully published on the day after the 2019 general election results. Great timing as ever. Um, Sam Matthews continues, after Jeremy became leader, he opened the floodgates and allowed people to join the Labour Party who never would have been allowed anywhere near it in the past. You know, common people, you know. Well, yeah, that's, that is what he means, to be fair. Yeah. Whether he himself is an anti-Semite or not is an irrelevance. He is the biggest friend anti-Semites have had since the Second World War. He is... <laughs> Second only to Adolf Hitler. That's what he's saying. Since Mm. the Second World War, every anti-Semitic politician around the world, you know, uh, you know, let's even even just uh, put it on the level of, uh, uh, you know, uh, (laughs) Corbyn, Corbyn, like 
has there never been, you know, a fundamentalist Islamic leader, you know, who hits someone? Has, 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 <laughs> there, never been, has there ever been an Islamic republic, you know, where <laughs> such statements saying. may... Has there never been a like, president these, of Turkey, for example? These, let's just hypo, let's just say hypothetically. These people are terrified of the Islamic world, but yeah. they're able to put that aside even and say, <laughs> no, Je Jeremy Corbyn is even worse. Has, has, has there ever been a president of Turkey who said that he thought psychic Jewish ninjas were trying to kill him? Has that I ever that has one. that ever happened? I don't I know. Has it ever happened? He wasn't president at the time, to be fair. But is there is there a good podcast where you could find out whether uh, it's happened? Or not? Well, <laughs> well, as you as it happens, there is. But we're a little bit away from the particular event. Um, we're we're barely getting out of the fucking Mustafa Kamal era over a piece at home. But we are we are getting there. <laughs> we're, we're finally into the second guy era. Um, just 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 the biggest friend anti Semites have had. Since the Second World War, I think that was well. I mean, if you consider, he's literally saying Hitler number one, Corbyn number two could be subject to change. Mussolini like, is sitting over there just with the saddest expression on his face. He <laughs> took a smile because he's upside down. Uh, never mind, yeah, never mind, Mussolini. America's fucking furious. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. <laughs> but like, uh, but 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 then Sam Matthews, who who there, he he unfortunately he gave Corbyn a bit too much credit in that quote. He obviously felt fuck. Why didn't I go harder when I said that he is Hitler number two? He said whether he himself is an anti-Semite or not is an irrelevance. So he doubles back on this later in his yeah. interview with John Ware, and he says. I don't believe Theresa May is an Islamophobe with an army Which, of Islamophobic advisors around her. By the I, way, <laughs> like Theresa May, and you'll never hear it framed this way in the press or anything like that, is the most successful racist politician of her generation. Yes. Like, the oh, most yeah. successful racist politician of her generation. I'm saying, an actual like, track record of enforcing racist policies. I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of veer off here and be like, I'm fucking sick to death of her fucking girl boss redemption art, by the way. Yeah. Like oh, anyone yeah. who engages fuck in that, that can get to fuck, in my opinion. Well, and, yeah, but like, she's she's not an Islamophobe. There's nothing there. Whereas <laughs> Sam Matthew says, I do think the Labour Party is led by an anti-Semite, though. He straight up says this is a leadership issue. And I Jeremy will... Corbyn is anti-Semitic. If that's not fucking exaggeration, the Hitler comparison for a start, then having to roll back and say, oh yeah, actually, and he does personally hate Jews. Comparing him to Hitler in his material impact is not enough. He personally hates Jewish people. Mm. Uh, it's, it's like, I, I swear to God, I do not to the life of me to this day. Um, maybe there's a good reason. I'm prepared to countenance that. But I don't understand why Jeremy didn't sue these people personally. Yes, yeah, I think I think in mm. certain specific cases like this, he absolutely should have. Yeah, this yeah. I, I think he can't every time because unfortunately, no. fucks like Margaret Hodge normalize the most grotesque personal yeah, yeah, fears you against can, him. Yeah, you can say no. It's just Margaret Hodge. She said it in the Parliament. You know what can but I what can I do? You know, I mean, she she he couldn't sue her because of parliamentary privilege, but he fucking should have. She said that outside uh, of it. Uh, he frankly, they should let the Labour Party itself should have fucking sued her for for comparing its ba its disciplinary processes to uh, uh, Nazi Germany. Yeah, <laughs> like, like look, I got I got I got bad I got bad news. No matter how bad the disciplinary processes were, and by the way, every report we've seen shows it's quite bad not for the reason these people think by the way i don't think it's quite on par with nazi germany i'm yeah, just gonna but, i'm just by no. the way and by the way if that's not exaggerated for political purposes 
I don't know what that means. It's ben. insane, and like... you can tell that Keir, that's Team Starmer. One of the things, you know, I reckon that this report was because uh, it was supposed to come out at the end of 2020. I reckon that there was a pretty significant delay uh, about a year after that, the towards the end of uh, no, this was the end of 2020, wasn't it? Okay, so mm. around the time it was supposed to come out, Keir Starmer decided to. Uh, do the single thing that could most inflame and factionalize the issue of anti-Semitism in the Labour Party and suspend Jeremy Corbyn. And there are lots and lots of little bits in this that feel like they're phrased with somebody from a leadership office peering over Martin Ford QC's shoulder to say, uh, can you change the wording of that so that it doesn't contra- uh, it doesn't contradict our rationale for suspending Jeremy Corbyn from the party? There's Actually, a lot of stuff I to, about. I have to correct someone in the chat because they said Corbyn will open gulags from Heffa. Actually, Heffa said that Corbyn will specifically reopen Auschwitz. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Wasn't it wasn't gulags. Left, if it was, it was gulags, that'd be yeah. you know. <laughs> He's a Stalinist, yeah. No, it was he is a Nazi anti-Semite who wants yeah, yeah. to murder Jews. Like, insane stuff. In, and, and people like Sam Matthews, for that grotesque smear... Not, they were not sued into destitution. They were mm. rewarded with riches. Like it is the most insane thing. Uh, but 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 yeah. I mean, like, um, wait, where were we? I just I just got we, so we've, distracted um, thinking about. Well, I was trying. To, I was trying to gently move us on to the next um, next allegation, <laughs> which was factionalism impacted on other areas of the party's work. And this ho- this quote here, you can guess from the form we've had so far. It seems to us that both the left and the right factions were substantially focused on shoring up their own power within the party in this period, with electoral <laughs> success often seemingly a secondary confirm. Guess guess what, as we read the evidence that he's put together, where, which faction did it more, everyone? Guess, yeah. guess which yeah, one yeah, did yeah. it more? So, I'm um, sorry, like, sorry let's, let's back up to that quote a second. Like, yeah. um, both sides were concerned with shoring up their power. Well, if one side has a sledgehammer and is whacking away at the foundations of your power and control of the party, then yeah, you're going to be pretty fucking concerned with shoring it up, aren't yeah, you? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, not that, concerned enough as it turns out. Yeah, it, it's one of these things where it's like, well, why might one side have been particularly concerned? Because, because constantly throughout this, you're like, the existence of the left is the problem. Yeah, it reads like it's like, oh, if only the left would keep quiet and never, you know, contest things, and you know, who won and should they have? Yeah, ex- exactly. That's you know, that's the thing, right? And that might tell us about the the lengths they were willing to go to. So, a culture of leaks. Well, we all know about all of these uh, all these leaks so so hq staff complained about leaks about them which by the way judging from the documentary evidence we have might have been fucking justified um uh yeah 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 obviously nobody yeah. on the labor right would ever leak anything well yeah because yeah. we go on to we go on um the leaking of negative stories was also utilized heavy against heavily against lotto possibly because there was a was greater mainstream press interest in negative stories about jeremy coleman this is the closest he yeah comes possibly to like actually like to saying something that might be of of use here and his team then there was in negative stories about largely unknown hq stuff which i think to be fair is not a a bad you know way to think about it witnesses from lotto slash the party's left told us right here's some quotes very few people were aware i worked for the labor party until an announcement that i was a new starter went out in a staff bulletin to party staff in late August. Immediately following this, James Lyons from the Sunday Times contacted me asking about my employment. 
Which is insane. That's fucking yeah. insane, right? So there's another one here. On the day that I left my former job to start working for the party, I was contacted by a journalist then working for the, at the Times newspaper who asked a number of questions about my political activities over a decade ago. There are a limited number of places that news of my employment could have come from. Plausibly, it can only have been leaked by Labour Party staff. I was yeah. personally the victim of a fairly major leak of email correspondence on at least one occasion that I can recall. The issue with leaks is not necessarily what is leaked, but that the possibility of a leak gets in the way of, frank dis- of a frank discussion among staff. The fear of leaking completely erodes the trust that is essential to a properly functioning political operation. Yeah, it, it means that because they're so scared of leaks, just unfortunately, just the leader's office will not leave any evidence of their uh, terrible interference well, and anti-Semitism <laughs> cases. Well, it's a tragic set of circumstances. Well, in, in, you, you joke, but I mean, to be fair, this is, a, this is another one. I try to avoid ever writing anything down which was remotely controversial or informative beyond the most routine stuff because it ended up often within days in the Times or HuffPost or Guido or something. The level of leaking was stratospheric. Obviously, the connections between Labour staff and Guido should probably be investigated. Um, That specifically should probably be looked at. Overheard (laughs) conversations among Jeremy Corbyn's staff had been leaked to the media, so we were conscious that we had to be extremely quiet when having conversations about anything that we didn't want leaked, which... Yeah, like, and he goes on to say, needless to say, this kind of briefing undermined public perceptions of the party. Right, but like, why might they have been doing this? Why might well, the they wheels have been doing this? The wheels really came off when people in the leader's office decided, oh, our, our uh, particular faction of the left is so, so righteous that we, you know, we can brief against other parts of the left in, in this exact way that the right have been doing to us. Yeah. Like, can I just say this is yet another example, though, where it go where it says, "Well, this undermined the party with the you know, the public perception," uh, yeah. and yeah. yet who can say if that had any kind of electoral impact? Well, that's the thing, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? They're, they're not they're not like they're not thinking about it really, well, are they? But well, exactly. It's like yeah, this this as as the late Labour's uh, spokesperson so proudly trumpeted this report uh, may not show definitively that the labor the the labor right uh purposefully through the 2017 election more than we already knew it may not it may not show that they uh their miss out their documented misallocation of funds made the decisive difference in uh swinging um the, that election against the labor government like but like that's just one thing that they were doing after you know at that point two years of this shit and they immediately continued doing that afterwards yeah. it's not like they towed the line for a bit and kept their heads down and then decided when the election came along to throw it like they were throwing that election like uh you know the minute that uh, there was a prospect that corbyn might get on the leadership ballot so yeah so we're talking so there's a there's a lot of sort of comment and counter comment here so like lotto ignored requests for information or guidance you know they would cut this particular witness out of um out of email chains. By the way, there, might there be a reason for this? Um, anyway, Lotto staff also say within days it became apparent that many HQ staff were unhappy about the democratic and overwhelming yeah. result of the leadership election. Within weeks, it was clear that resources were being withheld. I mean, if um, Jack, you and I have read lots of books about the Corbyn leadership uh, retrospectives yes. about it. 
Do you remember the one about how they how long it took them to get like computers for their fucking staff? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I was saying. They they were understaffed and under resourced for like yeah. for you know a, the good in, first two years of the leadership. In, in fact, it goes on to say both staffing budgets within Lotto and budgets for new computers. Scant staffing resources were made available to the social media team, which might be kind of important. Well below uh, the level yeah, that had yeah. existed for much of the 2010 2015 Parliament, which as we know is before social media existed. So this is really yeah, embarrassing. Well, you know, um, Corbyn. Just Corbyn just wasn't able to, you know, seize social media and the youth in the way that Ed Miliband with his uh, his classic Russell Brand interview was. Oh, you know. good lord, those were those were different times, huh? There was always the feeling that there was an underlying <laughs> game being played. played. Yeah, when dealing with Southside, although of course it was imp- always impossible to put your finger on what was happening. While I often suspected there was foul play, it was always very subtle and difficult to prove. It would take the form of manipulation of agendas, bending the rules to allow certain people to speak in meetings while blocking others. Stop me if that sounds fucking familiar. Calling meetings when they had the, had a majority and blocking meetings when they did not. Again, that the God, it's almost <laughs> like a, fi- a fish rots from the head down. There's, uh, there's a synonym, there's this word that's swimming before my eyes. I think I'm having a stroke. I'm just seeing the word wreckers appearing. Mm. Like it's like yeah. I'm just same actually. Cunts. It's 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 a wonder these people aren't such fans of Trotskyism, given how much they like to wreck. It's very strange. Yeah, well, they've um, got their pet Trotskyist groups there, the AWL. That's, that's well, they true. kick them out, actually. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, well deserved, I think. Um, but not maybe not for the reason that they got kicked out. Um, so, uh, so there's certainly some evidence of such obstruction in the WhatsApp transcripts. But we know we do not have any equivalent transcripts of unguarded conversations between Lotto stuff. Yes, that means you should ignore that. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it probably happens. Like though. it literally, it literally does not matter. You do not have to oh, make this equivalent. Like sin and politics, all signs, they're just the same. Yeah, they're all you know, each other. It's, Pay no attention to the capitalists behind the curtain. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. I'm like. It's no, I'm sorry. Like it doesn't, it doesn't fucking matter. Like it literally does not matter. If I, if I were writing this, and I know I'm, I'm a, I'm a sort of factional person in this, right? But if I were writing this seriously, you don't need to put the asides there. I put asides in my scripts a lot because they're mostly notes for me to act like an idiot on camera. I don't put notes in to just say completely random shite. Like anyway, um, the leaked report is on occasion too simplistic. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it was actually simple. You don't know. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so, you know, not, this report is kind of simplistic in some of its conclusions. Yeah. And so, there's, this, so uh, this report is just awfully black and white. Couldn't we add some shades of gray, gray in there? Yeah, well, that might take a few years. <laughs> so, <laughs> Make it like full star. Mode, so I'm going to basically very quickly summarize the community organizing unit. Oh, um, this bit's extraordinary. But this God. bit is the, oh. the bit that's particularly insane. Is the bit where it's like, oh, maybe uh, this wouldn't have happened if the left had simply let the right be in charge of the community organizing unit i'm not <laughs> sure where that bit um so hold on um to that okay so we agree with hold on let me see it's difficult to say to what extent the difficulties encountered by the unit could have been eased had it had hq's full support and to what extent the difficulties simply vindicated hq's concerns which it didn't clearly the scheme drew out tensions between traditional election strategies and more modern methods which both pre and post date the particular factional tensions of the corbin era um, so basically, uh, in the Labour Together report, they cry about the community organising unit. So, 
Um, we agree with that analysis and consider that some of the tensions discussed above were inevitable. They could, however, have been eased and the scheme improved had both sides made genuine attempts at collaboration. But the, the problem with that is, as established throughout the content of this report, is that, um, is that one side very clearly did not want to do it. So in order to compromise, right? No, they, 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 saw, they saw collaborating with Corbyn as, uh, you know, the kind of comparison that Sam Matthews made mm. as, that other, as, as that historic kind of collaboration. A very, a very Baltic form of collaboration, some might call it. Um, but anyway, that's more of a barb directed at my a person in the room there than anyone else. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, but... Yeah, like, okay, to that end, there could and should have been a greater degree of buy-in from HQ and regional staff. The idea of the scheme did have some merit, and we do not accept that it was effectively a non-starter. In fact, if you look at the 2019 election, the one place where they gained was a place where there was an active community organizing unit. Isn't that Can interesting? Uh, interesting. Isn't, that, just... isn't that fascinating, everyone? Thank God Starmer closed him down. Yeah. Yeah. Can I just remind down. everyone, though, that this wasn't a left idea this was mm. like this was a Miliband era thing wasn't it the, yeah. The, yeah you got it from like obama it. and arnie graf and shit yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah so it's, it's, it's like it's not a communist idea yeah it's the, the way they talk about it like it's a like a definite setting up of an alternative base of power which by the way i, I approve mean, of by the way it should have but, been but yeah, yeah. um <laughs> yeah if, if we did factionalism here's how we would have done it um yeah yeah kind of but but yeah, fucking wankers. So um, can be said about anything in the context. Yeah, how, of hold on. So um, so um, yeah, it, it, regional staff in particular could have made valuable contributions to the scheme's implementation had they engaged with it. I met regional staff late. I don't believe that's true. Um, albeit that would have involved ceding a degree of operational control. I wonder if that was the problem. And their support would have added clarity to the internal messaging about its objectives. However, that would also have involved Lotto accepting that there should have been a degree of regional director management of the community organizing unit. Yeah, fuck. Uh, yeah, we'll get <laughs> fucked then. Lotto must therefore take an equal part of the blame for failing to secure buy-in. No, these people never wanted it in the first place. Like, read, I'm going to read the sentence again. That would have involved ceding a degree of operational control. And then, oh, it's weird that the, uh, the, the leadership that they hate wouldn't cede control to them in some facts. It's weird. Sinan, you have to understand, the hostages are equally to blame for getting shot. Mm, like, yeah. you know, if they'd just done what they were told by the nice terrorist man, then maybe the police could have got a nice resolution to this event, you know? Yeah. Um, Basically, why would, lead, why would Jeremy Corbyn not delegate responsibility to people who openly despise him? Why would he not do that? Yeah. Again, it's a case of why won't Jeremy Corbyn drink the piss that's in the tent? I'm sure so, they'd, have, they'd have approached the uh, running the organization with the same good faith and professionalism and labor loyalty that they do all mm. other organizations they've been put in charge of, like the GLU, etc. Also, some of the laziest people on earth. Yeah. 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 Literally getting shit out of regional director or a deputy. Good luck with that. I, I mean, <laughs> I used to be a secretary. I've tried it. Absolutely work shy of the like to the point of never replying to anything look never no. replying to anything is a great british tradition in the workplace and so i find this very offensive to me in particular <laughs> um but um 
But we, we, with that, we'll move on to Allegation 4, which I think is one of the two really major ones. Allegation 4 and Allegation 6 are really the two big ones, because Allegation 6 is about there being a discriminatory atmosphere. And this one is, the party's result in the 2017 general election were either one, undermined by factionism, or two, deliberately sabotaged by one faction. Um, Why does he say one faction? Like... Yeah, okay, the Corbyn... You can just assume that the Corbyn leadership didn't deliberately sabotage their own it fucking election. It would, have been, it would have been an impressive fucking big-brained move had they set out to deliberately sabotage it and then gain seats. Well, it if you have... believe a lot of these, like, right-wing big brains, like, the le- we, we actually did want to lose. That's why we were fighting for Corbyn, because we yeah. wanted Labour to lose the election. Yeah, so Todd actually makes a good point here. This report has been written so each point is completely oblivious to the previous point to avoid drawing the actual conclusion. Which, like, yeah, yeah, I think that's why it feels a bit like a fever dream to actually read through it, because it doesn't make any fucking sense. It doesn't... It's not coherent. Like... So uh, this is about the uh, the Ergon House operation, uh, the so-called. Um, so basically, basically here in this sort of early summary, he's like, "Oh no, you know they um, the HQ staff would be in good faith. They were in good faith trying to stick to a defensive strategy, which I think, given the polling data and the dates we're going to see, might not hold up so well." But, well, it wasn't their call to make anyway, for fuck's sake. Well, yeah, it's not their job. First of all, hey, it's not why, their were job. They, why were they doing it privately out of the view of the leadership if it was a good faith so, operation? So basically the five questions he wants to address here are what was the disagreement over strategy, um, you know, um, and how was the strategy for HQ pursued from Ergon House? Did factionalism influence decisions about strategy and resource allocation? Did HQ staff stick to a defensive strategy in bad faith because they wanted to lose the election? Yes. Um... Did HU staff pursue a defensive strategy with sufficient transparency, which actually could be a really important question for different reasons? Um, did this diversion? Of... no on that last. Yeah. Oh. Did the diversion of funds and personnel into this Ergon House operation lose the party of the general election? So the disagreement is um, look is clear. Um, the disagreement is basically that Jeremy Corbyn is polling poorly at the start of the election. All right, story story of his fucking two elections, right? Um, and you know um he uses quotes here like his leadership was an enormous drag on the labor brand which by the way given how shit stained the labor brand is generally is kind of a funny thing to hear but anyway um broadly speaking in a general election campaign seats are identified by the parties falling into one of the following categories so basically you know you've got your target seats the seats that are like you know like fucking deep tory sheer seats you're not interested in and the seats you already got right um Mm. Makes sense. That's not. I'm not here to critique the categorization here. Um, so, Lotto witnesses um, advocated. Uh, say they advocated a campaign to win from day one. However, one HQ source describes that as an attempt to rewrite history. There was nobody saying we were going to win. Which, again, that doesn't mean that like you can't campaign to pick weaknesses at a, you know at Theresa May. As it turns out, everyone. No, um, no, and there was a conscious choice you know made to make sure that the the people who would win would be people on the right who could support a leadership so, candidate who wasn't Corbyn in the, the subsequent election that they thought was going to happen. Uh, yeah, leadership um, election, I mean. So just to, um, just to kind of make, the, uh, make this point for us, uh, he's provided here a, a, gra- a table sorry, of the, uh, the polls. 
So yeah, um, Novara linked to the Muslim community, all the for, the Putinist forces who backed up, who yeah. provided um, the backbone of Corbynism. The, the most dramatic here is the Ipsos poll, where uh, Labour are 23 points behind in late April, 15 points behind in mid-May, and... Um, Generally, the average is moving quite rapidly because Ipsos would like a wild outlier. In in we've all seen the graph of the twenty seventeen election uh, poll. It literally goes vertical on the scale of the period of the parliament, right? Which would imply that your strategy might change. You might want to go for a more offensive strategy, especially in like the final week where you're one point behind, according to Servation. Yeah. Right? Why might that line also suddenly do that? Why might? Well, that's yeah, yeah. beyond the scope of the report. I think, to be fair, yeah. that's. Um, but that's, um, but just like thinking about because it does relate to it though. I think actual Perda before it was kind of burnt down completely. Yeah. yeah. Meant that their leaks didn't get quite the same level of airtime as they they used to, and so, that definitely yeah. happened. So here's what, is- what here's what happened according to the report, right? So basically, leader of the opposition's office comes to the HQ and they're like, "Here are 268 seats, right? Um, that, by the way, includes 32 offensive seats." Uh, where they're like, "Look, let's uh, let, these are the ones that should be resourced properly. Whatever, it makes sense, right?" In April, late April 2017, which we will note is when um, that's when like the gap begins to close because the gap was actually wider before late April. Uh, some of us recall the literal 25-point lead that Theresa May had um, in basically every poll at that point, um, where they expand it to 326 seats, which you will note is the exact number required for a majority. Um, so we were told repeatedly by supporters of Jeremy Corbyn that HQ staff were too reluctant to implement the changing strategy or to fully resource the offensive seats. Now, I happen to know people who campaigned in one of the offensive seats that was lost by 800 or so votes. Yeah, I'll give you a clue. They were definitely reluctant to resource them, right? Um, so... Can I run to the loo, by the way, man? Yeah, sure. I'm, everyone else, I'm sure, is happy to fill in for the, uh, <laughs> the general, like, comment. So, um... So, so apparently HQ staff stayed on the right side of the statutory requirements for the Ergon House scheme, which I find very difficult to believe. But, <laughs> you know. It says um, it's doesn't it? So what does it actually say if you... you yeah, know? hold on. Um, like the legislation, the party rules did not envision a rupture of the kind... Um, like the legislation, the party rules did not envision a rupture of the kind we saw in this period. It seems that relations by 2017 were so difficult that both sides simply decided that a compromise position was impossible. Okay, so now we've got the Ergon House operation. So one witness who was aware of the Ergon House scheme at the time understood it to be a route to support seats which the leadership wanted to de-resource as a means by which they could be quietly supported and seats saved without picking a public fight or rowing back on existing protocols. At the time, those who knew about the Ergon House operation were never enjoined, sorry, were enjoined to never to speak of it in the hope the leadership would never find out. I recollect observing to a colleague who also knew about Ergon House that this was obviously ridiculous as careful study of the various academic sites which collect leaflets uh, or of party statutory return of expenses would inevitably lay bare its existence sooner or later, which, yeah, yeah I mean... It's easier to get forgiveness when it is permission. We yeah, got it. Yeah, yeah, we, we yeah. Um, and that's very funny given the entire history of the Labour Party to this point. Yeah, um, also, yeah, it, it happened because May was the worst PM in history. Please ignore the fact she got one of the highest Tory votes ever. In yeah. fact, increased her party's vote by a dramatic amount, actually. Um... 
So to be, to be fair, I think Corbyn increased the Tory party's vote. Like this is not putting down Corbyn. I just yeah. think that they all went, "Oh shit, this is a epistemological threat to our entire thing. We better all yeah. turn out for yeah, once." Yeah, we better show up. And then obviously Labour's thing also went up. Went up by more. To be fair, um, yeah. it's not clear from the evidence we've seen what the rest of the spending. Um, that is the apparent forty-five thousand pounds not covered in the G, the Gel One spreadsheet related to. The leaked report cites other emails regarding printing for individual seats where the candidates were former anti-Corbyn MPs with substantial majorities. It is not clear from those emails whether the printing for those MPs was arranged from Ergon House. Basically, there's budget code shenanigans here. Mm. So, uh, anyone who's worked in an office knows about how much of a fucking bull like that is. So, um... So it's so basically what this is is they did have a secret fucking campaign which they started with money off to, to um, yeah, well, you know there's no denial of that here. My my read on the statute thing right is I think the way this essentially works is the legal statute doesn't actually say anything about what happens in the case that half a campaign decides to knife the other half mm. essentially. So there was no there's no violation of electoral law took place. Yeah. Um everything was signed off appropriately as far as the law is concerned, and then the rest of it is just down to individual contracts. And so, you know, a question of did someone commit basically professional malfeasance while in role? Mm. And it may well be that their contracts were too broadly written to the point that they could just do this shit. Probably. And there's not really really, really a legal recourse. So, so basically or, yeah. or actually thinking about it, one of the reasons payouts might have been made might have been to essentially put on paper the acceptance that these people did nothing wrong mm. and so invalidate any attempt to take to, to claw anything back by going after them for that is probably practice. part of it as well it's impossible fair, to because, say i mean that's pure yeah. speculation not based in fact and no one should take it i'm making no specific allegation about any individual who has previously worked for the labor party i'm just uh, theory crafting about how this could work in an abstract sense yeah I also, I do think that a lot of people who've previously worked for the Labour Party are cunts, um, but I'm on the record <laughs> saying that in several... <laughs> I um, was just thinking that. Oh, on yeah. several, on several occasions I have said that. So if any of them would like to prove in a court of law that they're not a cunt... Um, I, I can know, name I, names if you want. I'll, I, I'll, I'll reel off a good few cunts yeah. in the Labour Party. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Um, yeah, so... A lot, a lot of their things is like, oh, we had to keep it secret because Jeremy Corbyn would stop uh, giving money to Ashfield. Oh, we would have lost Ashfield. Wait, who's in Ashfield? Ooh, uh, that's uh, fucking what's her name? Um, Gloria De Piero? Is it? Is it her? Who's, 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 <laughs> oh who's well, 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 yeah. One of the one of the only, one of the only MPs on the right who was uh, honest enough to stand up to the second referendum. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, least. exactly. Like... <laughs> Yeah, right now on GB News or but whatever. The thing, the thing is, um, so he says here, we hope it goes without saying that neither side should have sought to shape the key lit seats list to their own factions to begin with. Which, by the way, um, so basically he goes, if the allegation that Lotto sought to divert funding to supporters of Jeremy Corbyn is true, we are clear that such an attempt to change funding arrangement on an ad hoc oral basis after the key seats list was agreed was wrong. But that's not, but that's like, if it's true, it's an allegation, right? We know for a fact Ergon House existed. We know which seats it directed money to. We know who 
was in those seats, right? We know it was like fucking Tom Watson's seat for fuck's sake. And the man had like a five-figure majority. Like, what the fuck are you talking about, right? And so we, we follow on with that. Would By the same token, it's, it was unequivocally wrong for HQ staff to pursue an alternative strategy covertly. In our view, HQ, HQ mm-hmm. staff should not have taken strategic decisions into their own hands and sought to conceal their doing so from Lotto and the campaign committee. We are absolutely clear that this should never have happened. And we consider that the anger amongst the membership regarding the issue is justified. There, there we, we go. go. I mean, the fact they tried to cover it up in itself <laughs> yeah. tells you good enough to so so basically here is the next one did they do it in bad faith there's a lot of back and forth here um spotless but, mind kicks off again yeah basically a lot of this is just like oh well you know one side says this one side does that says that and there's a massive bunch of documentary evidence here and hearsay on this side so let's just call it even we can't be sure yeah, is my I mean, summary I mean, of this section. To be honest. In fact, yeah. here you go. I think the thing to understand, Sinan, is there could be an evil demon that's hiding the evidence showing that Jeremy Corbyn's lot were up to no good. And that same evil demon could have deluded your senses to think that the far-right Labour were actually, you know, um, doing bad things. It could all just be completely made up. We can't trust anything we see, feel, or anything at all. All we know is I think therefore I am. And mm. so in my Cartesian mind, I know about who's to say. Yeah. So uh, would, there's an next. Would this be Robert Maxwell's demon? Sorry. <laughs> so there's did did, did HQ staff pursue the defensive strategy with sufficient transparency? Um, to put it, given the previous things, it will surprise you to say he's like no. So for example, one of the key staff members involved asking for an update on a budget meeting rat on. Um, on the 24th of May 2017, said, "Did they run that through Gel 001? Because they probably don't know what that's been spent on." which heavily implies they're trying to hide the ways that have been uh, spent. So um, in our view... You know, uh, you, know a- they, you know what they say, man. Uh, democracy thrives in so, darkness. So this is an incredibly <laughs> fucking frustrating um, thing. So in our view, this was all being done on a genuine belief that Lotto's strategy was wrong. But again, it's not their place to decide that or yeah, act yeah, on it. They are um, right-wing ideological wing nuts who were yeah. pursuing that uh, political agenda at a time when members of the party had expressly, expressly voted twice for the opposite of that. Yeah, yeah but we, so- all, we all know famously in the court of law that it's a defense if you're charged with murder it is a valid defense to say that you thought it was necessary that you kill the guy (laughs) (laughs) as long as as you're intending good action then it's fine right so okay so however even if it were true even if it were correct that the ergon house spending did in fact contribute to the party's relative success that's anyway it does not it does not change the it's call it like the largest increase in labor's vote in the post-war era anyway it does not change the fact that the operation was simply wrong and arguably in our view in breach of an implied duty of good faith yeah no but no way did that like help labor's fucking yeah, vote, no, vote i don't think stacking votes and sending activists to fucking bristol west or whatever like, literally that, that's what they were saying like uh yeah. their criticism of the corbyn years was like oh we're gonna stack votes in islington north yeah that's the, and they <laughs> did a vote stacking anyway so did the diversion of funds and personnel into this ergon house operation lose the party at the general election had the relatively modest level of resources at ergon house been allocated instead to supporting additional target seats it would it would have had to have been impossibly cost effective. That's not true. Bullshit. That's not fucking true. Fucking bullshit. That's, that's, that's not true. Sorry. So to be clear, right. we're talking about like a hundred and seventy-ish thousand pounds overall. No, right. Sorry. Okay. So uh, fucking professional paid campaigner crashing yeah, in go here. Go for it. Go for like, it. 
Absolutely. Uh, no fucking way. The margins are like 800 votes we are talking about here, right? That is something you can absolutely do. A couple hundred thousand, that's enough to pay people on very short-term contract to go around knocking doors of various other things if push comes to shove, and that's one of the least effective ways to spend the money, and you could absolutely get that. That yeah. is bullshit. In local elect, right, sorry, in, in, in um, election, constituency elections, which are part of a general election, not by-elections. By-elections have a spending limit of 100 grand. But in the constituency elections, we're talking like tens of thousands, low tens of thousands, like somewhere in the region, I think like 16, is it per constituency? It it's varies it's something on, very yeah. low. Like, and, yeah. La- and Labour had a fucking army of unpaid, you exactly. know, voluntary activists, and you could have got them so many resources well, to this, this, is, with. this is the thing. What, what resources do you need? Essentially, for your, yeah. two, your two points are things to put through doors, um, which yeah. is relatively cheap, but yeah. actually in practice, it's people to organize the teams going out and to collate and mm. target and strategize what are the best areas to door knock, right? Yeah. And so, like, they absolutely 100% positively could have swung at least a dozen seats with that money on the margins that we have we have seen. I, I'm straight up reputationally saying that would have made the difference. And the assertion that it wouldn't, that this was a modest amount, etc., is a barefaced fucking lie. There you yeah. Go. It probably, it, it, it probably doesn't seem like such a modest amount as well to the trade unions who gave it to... Oh, <laughs> yeah, know, trade right? unions, to the uni- members... To basically, to unite. Know. I mean to unite. They gave they gave the most... They probably gave, like, fucking 90% of that money to the party. Mm. I, my union, and also as, a, as an ex-CLP secretary, I can tell you that fucking... Just... It's an obscenity that uh, <laughs> they go, oh, well, it's, it's marginal. That's a huge amount of wedge. I mean, just ask the mm. Labour Party right now if they turn it down. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. Right. So basically, they're like, "Oh, we couldn't get polls at the time, so you know, we couldn't we couldn't get any analysis in. So we consider it highly unlikely that the diversion of funds lost the party the general election." I'm sorry, but like again, we've mentioned it. The margins involved here are very fucking narrow. Like, to prevent a Tory DUP, um, you know, confidence and supply arrangement, it wouldn't have been that many seats. Uh, yeah, and, like, and, and, you know, even, and, and, like, I think, just to reiterate a point I made earlier, like, even if it wasn't the decisive thing that swung the election away from Labour, you know, uh, every fucking other thing that they'd done in the two years leading up to it, uh, combined with, uh, combined with the Ergen House thing, really, really yeah. fucked Labour. Yeah. It's that that's the thing, it's the spotless mind effect again. It, like, never mm, mind yeah. the context. <laughs> like, if I divorce it from everything I've said in the report up until now, well Todd, it was it was not eleven thousand. It wouldn't have been eleven thousand votes. It would have been something like two, three thousand. Two thousand, yeah. Yeah, 2000, it's not that many which it? in the context of hundred and seventy five thousand pounds, you would have to have spent very inefficiently to fucking fail to gain that many no, votes. No, that, that's the thing. It's like diminishing returns. Like, here's the, the thing that really annoys me about this, right, is the way they are describing this just completely knows the laws of diminishing returns, which is there's a certain amount of anything after which you just it's not going to be the same bang for the buck. If you are broke, the first £5 you get in a month is worth far more than like the fifty thousand five pounds you get in a month, right? Mm. Like, you know, that first £5 at least gets you a meal. 
and the rest of it goes into a bank account. Same thing basically happens when running up the clock, running up the tally on, on elections. You got an area which is already well resourced, then you know, sticking like ten grand or whatever into it, yeah, that is, you know, that's a relatively small amount that's not gonna do much. But if you have an area that's got basically nothing, it's got like hundreds of quid behind it and nothing yeah. else, then that ten grand is an entire campaign. You know, mm, yeah, it was our entire. Th- think about it. We could have <laughs> got we twice. we could have got like twenty more Rosie Duffield's elected. Would be great. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't do this. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. She she was not happy when I said she owed her seat to Corbyn. But uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. no, yo, it's not not just Corbyn. Of course, she owes her seat to Corbyn supporters as well. Yeah. My my yeah. apologies. Yeah, um, <laughs> a lot who very much regret campaigning for her. I oh yeah, of I, course. I'm I, not I'm not saying that Corbyn. Um, Supporters, uh, I'm not trying to wag the finger at Corbyn. Yeah, yeah, I know. There, but no one like, knew what she was like right, in that so, regard. So the next allegation is that uh, these problems were exacerbated by poor recruitment practices. Guess who he blames for this one? Both <laughs> sides, baby. <laughs> they both what? weaponized recruitment what? processes. Which. Um, weaponized recruitment processes like Corbyn weaponized recruitment processes by like having to hire people who didn't think that, that he was like the head of ISIS like, basically <laughs> yes that is basically the summary of this um, it's like it's like all the people you know when people complain about him hiring Seamus Milne it's just like you have to literally say there is that there are a few concrete names uh, of who his options were uh, and none of the other ones were as good for that position as Seamus Mill. Like, he needed someone aligned with him. Yeah, so so basically the description here is, it turns out, everyone, I don't know if you know this about politics, there's a lot of nepotism and who you know going on. No. It's, I'm, I'm, I was a, I'm shocked about the gambling going no. on in this establishment. I am the one guy surprised <laughs> by it. Um, but... All right, Matt Zob cousin. <laughs> I love Matt, by the way. Just a yeah, shout out we, there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what a horrible way to shout out Matt, who's been on the street what, twice, what? shining a light on his excellent campaigning for gambling reform. I stand by it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, my, we Matt is my Matt. friend and a hero, yeah, and an example absolutely. of the Labour Party weaponizing hiring practices that is by true. hiring someone and who actually liked Corbyn. Hiring someone who wasn't bald. <laughs> And then wasn't, yeah. and then wasn't again. It's very party. confusing. Um, <laughs> Can't keep track of that guy. Yeah, it's sorted out. Their recruitment is just a party of weapon. Yeah, we need, <laughs> we need, um, yeah, we need to think. We need to think about whether <laughs> we need to uh, sort of signal to know whether Matt's bald or not. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like hire, hiring, you know, weaponizing the hiring process. Uh, very bad hiring weapons dealers. Ah, perfect, <laughs> well, perfectly yeah. accepted in the new Labour Party. Imagine cause, Imagine accusing a football manager of weaponizing his recruitment strategy because he wants the team he wants. Mental. That has happened, by the way, at Reading FC. So I don't need to imagine that has happened at the club I support, which is incredibly funny. The manager did get sacked. Um, on the plus side, we got a Serbian player out of it, so what could go wrong? Um, that that was a great sequel to a Serbian film. That's right, Serbian yeah. Player. Dejan Tetek. This, the, the, <laughs> uh, he's a good player, though, so I'm not that upset about it. Um, so, basically, the long-term impact here is, as HQ became relatively politically homogeneous, particularly at a senior level, a degree of groupthink appears to have taken hold. Gee, you think, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> yo, 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 yo! Is he calling HQ gay? Oh, don't, don't know. <laughs> I was so just apparently, so now there's like factional. Very intelligent. So now there's like factional <laughs> recruitment in Lotto, which I got to put this out there. If you're the leader of the opposition, you get to pick your staff, 
and you very clearly get to pick it based on your political preference. That's like like the number one thing you would probably pick it based on. Oh wait, was he saying that about the leaders' office? No, no, no. That was about it was HQ. politically that was about HQ. Okay, but there is factional recruitment and lotto here. Um, so again, I mean, a lot, yeah. of, a lot of this. Um, name I'll, me one. Name me one leader of the opposition that doesn't recruit factionally. That's a fucking so stupid. Basically. Here. It's not even factional. It's just recruiting people you can trust, not exactly. to turn around yeah. and give it to your Yeah, opinion. yeah, yeah. Exactly. exactly. It's, like, it, well, it's, it's like HQ is supposed to be the sort of party civil service, not the yeah. fucking leader's office yeah, so who are like supposed to be supporters of the leader. One, se- one senior member of, the, of Lotto put, put to us, frankly, this was seen as a difficult line to tread in Lotto in the period in question, which is basically that you don't want to exclude people from promotions and stuff. You know, you don't want to be a dick about it, basically. Of course, I wanted people committed to socialism, but I did recognize that it's illegal to say I'm picking you because of these politics. But it's in your mind, and I might as well be honest with you on that. Which, yeah, like, but like, no, no leader of the opposition or prime minister's office is gonna, or leader of the Wait. fucking, or even leader of the fucking Lib Dems, right? Just Wait, pick, is, just, is it is it is it illegal for a politician to hire people because of their politics? That, by the way, that would be an incredible fucking. I mean, it's technically is that the, the law? That is, is that, that is what the law. Keir Starmer supports. Yeah, is apparently, that what, is Ke- that the basically law you basically here? Keir Starmer should hire me to be his communications officer right now? Otherwise, he's discriminating against me on political grounds. And no, I will not fire that photographer who keeps taking pictures of him outside of children's bathrooms um, <laughs> anyway, it's one of the fucking worst pictures of any human that's ever existed um, I don't think I've seen that one, I've seen the one of him like loitering outside the playground have you not seen the one of him loitering outside the fucking kids toilets, hold on I don't want to I don't want to google it, can someone put I've it seen, in the chat I've seen the, one, I've seen the one of him disguised as a school <laughs> what <laughs> brass eye reference uh, right oh right, i never right, watched yeah. much brass eye so um so in my experience appointments on whether people got promoted within the organization was all based on essentially one of two one or two one of two reasons first one being you're an avid supporter of jeremy corbyn and have you either been involved in his campaigns or worked on them and number two are you on the left which by the way like I know people have been offered inappropriate jobs. And so basically he got you know, he hears this and he goes, Again, these are speculative allegations. But our interviews with junior staff hired to and promoted within Jeremy Corbyn's team hinted indicated they had the ring of truth. Like I didn't have yeah. a job interview. I was drafted in after twenty seventeen because they needed people and you know, I don't think that's right. And that's all also been the case with many people far more senior than me, where there was even no advertisement or sometimes only an internal ad where the person's been handpicked beforehand. Which, like, they, I, I, I say this about every time we read something about the left, which is we don't have a fucking deep bench, do we? Right. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think this is another example of kind of cognitive dissonance in the report because it's mm. telling us, you know, so we've all seen outside of this report how uh, how how it was for Jeremy Corbyn having to deal with a parliamentary party that overwhelmingly uh, hated him. Now, and we can see from this report how it was for Jeremy Corbyn dealing with um, a an HQ full of his political opponents who mm. openly mm. hated him. Now, how about he had uh, his own office was also staff with political opponents who fucking I mean, hated I can, him. I can give you, I mean, you know, here's my, here's my connected bit. I can give you a concrete example of how shallow the bench was. Um, mate of mine, um, well, I, I say mate, like, we're on friendly terms. I don't know him especially well. Guy called Zane McCammad, um, mm. Scottish Green. Um, most recently worked in the Scottish Green parliamentary election as a campaign manager. Um, he worked for the Scottish Greens alongside me in 2016. We were basically doing the same job. 
and then he went off um, and worked for Jeremy Corbyn in that in that gap period. Oh wow! Was, he was sat right to the next to the right person on the plane, and he heard that they were recruiting, and so he, he put in an application, and they went. So, what are your politics? He explained he was a socialist, and, and you know all the rest of it. Um, and what are your qualifications? So I worked on these campaigns, etc. And they're like, okay, so can you support the aims and objectives of the Labour Party? He said yes, and they said, right, well, that's enough for us. Um, <laughs> that, that was it. It wasn't any, as far as I understand, it wasn't any deeper. I don't know. You'd have to ask him directly, but like they were, they're literally fishing for anyone they could get who was vaguely amenable to what the Labour Party stood for and who was qualified. And it's yeah. that qualified part that's the hard part. Yeah. There's not many people can do this shit, and there's an even shorter list of people who can do it well. So well, that's sort of what led to certain decisions in the shadow cabinet as well, you know, like uh, making Keir Starmer head of uh, Brexit policy because he seemed qualified. Yeah. Uh, although, yeah. although that 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 was not a case of him seeking somebody with the same political objectives as him. Yeah. But you know, it was almost like he looked at the PLP and thought, "Well, I guess Keir does more than most." Yeah, Keir's the least uh, likely uh, to uh, shit himself deliberately because of me. So, you know, yet. and yet he did go on to shit himself deliberately, which I suppose is you know, well, I, I mean, it took it took him longer than most. That's what I'll say. Can I just say at this point, do you reckon anyone told Ford about how they sort of select a general secretary? Because his mind's going to be fucking blown. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. going to have real problems with that one. But Jenna Formby in the job for about two years, uh, got the the uh, systems for dealing with anti-Semitism and other issues back on track uh, and was uh, scapegoated for their problems in the first place and removed by Starmer. Uh, yeah, and replaced by a totally bitterly factional political ally yeah. in David Evans. With a background that's clean as a whistle, I'm sure. Yeah, oh, no, yeah, no yeah. issues there. Yeah, I've certainly no, never no heard issues. of this place called Croydon before. I've never heard of it, and so I would never look into it. Um, <laughs> made up place. And made who, up who, fake who, place. And, yeah. and who was Dharma's <laughs> original choice for general secretary? Was it uh, someone it was in this report? Who was star it? of the leaked Labour report. Emily oh, Old now. Which yeah. incidentally... The brains of in, the Labour Party. Incidentally, that report probably detonated her chance of becoming the general secretary oh a hundred percent absolutely uh in it yeah i think that's which that's, means you've got like the, the guy who looks like boss nassin instead which oh yeah D david evans probably has <laughs> even does... worse politics than her i mean he's got he's a hideous man but he just happened to not be working for the labor party at the time yeah, that report was compiled yeah because he's a right-wing cunt obviously it was <laughs> he'd left the party to like i don't know what was he doing what was he up to some some shady shit in the private sector um, yeah, he was basically providing services to Croydon Council, wasn't he? Mm. Yeah, of course he fucking was. So, you know, it's like... So ba basically this it. is a long list of fucking complaints where they're like, but they kept picking people based on whether they like Jeremy Corbyn or not. And it's like... <laughs> For Jeremy Corbyn's office. For Jeremy yeah. Corbyn's office specifically. Which uh, yeah, is but to be fair, no, none of the, uh, for take take Starmer's office. None of the people like, working for him the, actually like things, him. One of the things they're complaining about is like, oh, when Michael Foot was leader, there was a handful of staff, and it's like, yeah, well, get, guess what? Times fucking changed, dude. Like, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt, but it's also patently not true. The guy I mentioned, Zane McCammon, he basically carried Jeremy Corbyn's bags around, and he didn't go in as like a massive Corbyn supporter. Mm. He just went in with someone who's like, "Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm on the left politically. I've been with the Greens, but I really think this is a good opportunity for the left to make advancement." And you know, like you know, he, 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 they, they interviewed his politics purely to determine whether he would be opposed to actively yeah. undermining the Labour Party. And as yeah. soon as they established yeah. that, they were just like, "Okay." 
that's more than fine. You clearly aren't coming in here for duplicious purposes, so let's talk about your qualifications. Like, yeah. it's not like Corbin surrounded himself with a cadre of, you know, deep, dyed and, you know, dyed red kind of diehard uh, long-term sleeper agent sort of thing mm, or anything yeah. like that. It's, we wish. There's no, there's no cult of personality <laughs> around the man, frankly. Not in his not in his office. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I, can't, I can't honestly say the same more broadly with, you know, for some people, I ran into mm. you know, just general members and stuff, but that's that's part of the nature of popular leaders, frankly, as well. Yeah, mm. Are you tell me drama isn't. They she doesn't have to away Tories. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I basically, basically, Jerry Coleman should have hired Tories, and it would have been fine. <laughs> I'm sure. Well, yeah. to be fair, he wouldn't have had to have gone far, judging from the staff behavior. He, he, he should, have, should, have, should have hired fucking Dominic Cummings. He would have told them that second referendum was a fucking stupid idea. I mean, yeah. I mean, to be fair, as I understand it, <laughs> that is were, a joke of yeah, because Corbyn. Talent. Yeah. Most of Corbyn's leading advisors actually yeah. knew that the second referendum was a stupid idea, so I'm just he yeah. didn't need to he didn't know, need to go beyond Mr. Milne on that, but yeah, and really, we should always be listening to Milne as we do oh, in the yeah. group chat that we definitely don't have. Oh um, yeah, yeah, Seamus in the group chat is just like these fucking cunts. I hope they yeah. die in a fire. I can't like, wait. I can't <laughs> wait to review his book on the stream. That's gonna be it's just like, and then Jeremy Corbyn will be like, yeah, they're a fucking cunt. He'll come out with some racial slurs. Like yeah. it's just all of us on there. Yeah. So there's this bit here about poor staff support, and they kind of he kind of concludes that like, well, I mean, they kept thinking that complaints were factionally, uh, you know, faction. <laughs> motivated and i'm like well i mean you, have you you've described look i i don't want to i don't want to say martin ford lacks object permanence but through this report he seems to have forgotten the environment he's described yeah. like he has he has completely forgotten what the environment is that he's described to people so throw like it's it's insane for like he slept too close to that fucking magnet, didn't he, between doing things. So. Yeah, so... Okay, so <laughs> That's this... That's a joke. Nothing's recorded magnetically anymore, is it? Show my age. Yeah. <laughs> so we got, we got Allegation 6 here, which is a racist, sexist, and otherwise discriminatory culture exists in party workplaces, which is true. Um, oh, yeah. In fact, here you go. The undoubted overt and underlying racism and sexism apparent in some of the content of the of the WhatsApp message between parties, most senior staff, which is one of the things that, so that's one of the things that led them to, uh, to look at this. A significant number of replies to our call for evidence, mainly from ordinary party members, spelling out their experience of discrimination, racism, Islamophobia, and sexism. Wow. Shocking in constituency parties and in party processes. Whilst it's not our, in our, it's not, it is not our intention to examine case in CLPs. Often the complaints were in part about the failure of party officials at regional, who staffed regional and national level to take such problems seriously. Again, who staffed the national level according to this? Submissions from current and former members of staff describing their experience of discrimination and of lack of sensitivity to issues of racism and sexism displayed by senior management. Again, who was the senior management? Yeah, Seamus Mill. It was, yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely wasn't. I'm just, I, so, just to clarify. So here we go. So, everyone, this is the part where I kind of have to warn everyone there's going to be some unpleasant things coming up that we're going to be talking about. So, I want, if anyone doesn't want to hear, I mean, if you've read the leaked report, you know, but like, in case you haven't, uh, some of this is going to be reasonably unpleasant, I would say. So, we, we go straight into the WhatsApp transcripts. Several extracts from, in particular, the WhatsApp transcripts have been cited as evidence of discriminatory views held by the senior management of the team, most significantly. Comments that Diane Abbott literally makes me sick 
is truly repulsive and is a very angry woman. Okay, yeah. I mean, she might be Normal, entitled to be a bit angry uh, after this stuff, you know. Discussions also, about... she isn't, but there we oh, go. Yeah, also, yeah. she's like the most calm senior politician I've ever seen. So discussions about the entire... <laughs> they, just have, they, they just have one picture of her, like, caught mid-shot waving her finger about at a rally, and they're like, yeah. <laughs> she's yeah. angry all the time. Yeah, so um, <laughs> I can't believe Jeremy Corbyn gave Martin Ford Havana syndrome. Great. Um, so, discussions about the, so discussions about the attire of junior female staff in which one was said to be wearing a, see, a see-through, flesh-coloured, skin-tight top and no bra. You'd think with all that money she could afford to buy a jacket and a bra and descriptions of Carrie Murphy, who we're big fans of here, because um, in every book she comes off like the sanest person in the, in the office of Jeremy Corbyn as a crazy woman and bitch face cow, as well as comments about her physical appearance. Um, yeah. So, the discussions about Diane Abbott, including in relation to the exchange to which we refer on page 26, have been the focus of significant attention, as they would be. The authors of the relevant messages deny that she was singled out for criticism because she was a black woman. They say she was criticized when her performance justified it. So I want to read those back to you. Um, literally makes me sick, is truly repulsive, and is a very angry woman. Does that sound like a response to, a, a, a proportionate response to a politician who occasionally doesn't perform well in the press? Like, does that sound, mm. does that sound right to you? I don't know. So, no. for example, when she missed the Brexit vote or performed poorly in an interview about policing costs, that's a very famous incident, some of the witnesses we spoke to suggested that they had, in effect, just been treating Diane Abbott like they would white male MPs. Then where were all of the fucking WhatsApps about them, eh? And that they, because there were plenty of fucking terrible performers on the Jeremy Corbyn, let me tell you. And that they considered all MPs to be fair game for at times vicious criticism. We take issue with the underlying premise as to how MPs should be treated, but also note that MPs of colour and female MPs were not always treated during the relevant period in the same way as their white male counterparts. Not just in terms of the abuse they received, but in terms of the level of instinctive respect they were afforded within the party and within Parliament. It is incumbent on party staff to recognise this failure and to continue to work to ensure that it does not persist. So good luck with that. Uh, yeah, good luck with that one because look at who's in who's in charge. So, um, so the nature of the justifications we were presented would point, in our view, to one of the fundamental ways in which racism is able to fester in an organization like the party through the belief that unless you are criticizing someone because of the color of their skin, you are not being racist. Which you know is is not true. Uh, there are plenty of criticisms of Diane Abbott in the WhatsApp transcripts, which we would consider to be an acceptable expression of the author's opinion. Indeed, we would put the majority of them in that category. Although I suspect that's from the ones that were not highlighted in the um, in the mm. leaked report. I would suggest. No one, needless to say, has suggested that black and female MPs should be immune from criticism. The criticism of Diane Abbott cited above, however, are not simply a harsh response to perceived poor performance. They are expressions of visceral disgust, drawing consciously or otherwise. And remember, we said even if it was unconscious, it's the biggest problem in the world. We were told that on racist tropes, and they bear little resemblance to the criticisms of white male MPs elsewhere in the messages. Yeah. In our view, the author should have considered whether the fact that Diane Abbott is a black woman and has been vilified on that basis over several decades, A, might have impacted on their own instinctive responses to her, even if unconsciously, and B, meant that they should take particular caution with their language when discussing her. 
We agree with Diane Abbott's own comments, but none of this narrative was ever challenged by the other participants in the WhatsApp groups, which leads to the conclusion that the remarks in the report were not outliers, but represented the general tone of conversation among senior Labour Party staff about me and other black elected members. And it is worth noting that not a single member of the senior management team or the Labour Party forward planning group was black. So mm. there you go. Um... We think- well, I mean, to, to be fair, like to the Labour HQ staffers, no, no politician is exempt from criticism, except for Luciana Berger, Margaret Hodge, Keir Starmer, uh, and the, the other uh, sacred cows of uh, mm. British politics. So, um, so we take a similar view about the, uh, of the comments about Carrie Murphy. We recognise that many of the authors had an, had extremely difficult relationships with her, which you know, I mean. Um, from the book depictions we've heard of her. Um, but there are no circumstances in which we would consider that it would be acceptable to criticise a colleague's appearance or to call her a bitch. The criticisms of Carrie Murphy were often couched in gendered terms, and it seems to us that the fact that Carrie Murphy as a woman played some part in the intensifying levels of vitriol towards her. We accept that there were relatively few explicitly sexist comments in the, the, in the... Thank you for playing Stop the Extremism, um, which we are trying to do here. Um, in the WhatsApp transcripts, they do not take away from the sterling work some of the authors have done for women in the party, but nor does that work excuse them. That's interesting and important. Uh, we have heard expressions of sincere regret from some of the authors, and it's clear to us that at least some lessons have been learned. I don't know, I feel like this guy's so fucking stupid, he might get tricked into sort of believing that they're sincere. But anyway, um, basically, uh, there's, the conclusion is um, that there is uh, there's, there's perhaps a similar, the same dynamic, which was in our view, behind the failure of the elected leadership to countenance that as lifelong anti-racist, they could be behaving in a way Most which the nothing is wet. anti-Semitism. Thank you for playing nothing is wet, by the way. That's really helpful. How, how are they perpetuating it? Does, yeah. does Martin, yeah, does Martin not, Ford does not... Think, he, he's very clear. a legitimate thing to claim of them, then what, yeah. why does he's, he's, he says could. And also, why why has there been no mention of any such thing up until because surely that's within the scope of the invest of the report um yeah. that would be within the scope so basically there's as you might expect everyone there's a broader culture here um so um so 54 percent of respondents uh, reported encountering discrimination while working for the party which is an insane number by the way if any other organization had 54% of respondents... Peace at home is better than podcasting is oh practice. Many people are saying this. Okay, someone's played the beef drop and now I've got a fight with uh, James now. Um, because um, they've, they've played the uh, peace at home is better than podcasting is practice drop. So there you go. Oh, um, so um, we, we have to like fight about this? We have to, no, not really. We have a beef drop. I have a beef drop. Say, yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. Peace of home is better than podcasting's practice. Listen See, to it. And as Guga said, many people are saying this. So there you go. I <laughs> like, love that. The, I love... The, the sole reason it's better, the sole reason it's better is because the music is by Jordan. That's true. Uh, Jordan does do the music. Um, who is that people... by again? Uh, yeah, not enough Jordan. people are saying it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, so uh, apparently I yeah apparently me forgetting on at least in fifty percent of the episodes is the biggest crime that's ever been. Um, <laughs> hey guys, are we wrapping up soon? By the way, uh, we ought to be because I think we'll just go through the allegations and kind of uh, jump from there. Probably okay. we should we should yeah. wrap up relatively soon. So uh, there's a section on racism. So here are some here's some evidence. Um, diversity in the party organization is something which again has been an issue for the entire time I've worked for the party initially when I first started off 
of the 11 regional secretaries, uh, regional directors and general secretaries in place, nine were men and all were white, which, yeah. Um, As a practicing Muslim, I have faced challenges in trying to acquire a faith space in our offices where I could perform prayers as part of my faith at particular intervals throughout the day. When I first raised this issue, uh, this is an issue with HR in early 2018, I was passed on to the facilities team who offered me a dark and dirty mail room for prayers, which was unsuitable. Later, I raised this again and was told to book meeting rooms and as as and when required. However, meeting rooms were almost certainly always booked up weeks in advance and I struggled to keep up with my daily prayers at work, which... Um, you guys, in no other minority would be treated this badly by the Labour Party. Mm, well, isn't that, isn't that interesting? So there's a sexism section, section here, um, which is um, basically... Uh, I'm trying to pick out the one that stood out. So... Um, so it's um, I'd be I would be lying to say I'd never experienced misogyny in the Labour Party, but I'll be honest, I don't know whether it's as I've grown in age, confidence, and status in the party. But as time's gone on, those things are, in my experience, a long way now in the past. I've learned, however, from conversations with other women at, at the work um, and the work that I've done with the Women's Network that people still experience these things of going to a meeting and being identified as the only woman and asked to take notes. People, people not being able to talk about issues around, you know, women needing hospital appointments, around, you know, gynecology, gynecological issues, and bosses just can't deal with it. Which, you know, basically, a consistent failure to deal with complaints. Um, there's the other types of discrimination section here. Um, we have not included in this section discrimination on the basis of political beliefs, because, you know, that's pretty well covered elsewhere, I would suggest. Um <laughs> We received very few responses which touched on homophobia or discrimination against people with disabilities in labour workplaces, and we did not receive reports of transphobia, which I find somewhat interesting. But does that's still, so they don't have on. any trans people working there. Probably, mm, that right? might, well, See, that's, that's where my mind goes right yeah. away. Like, yeah, that I wonder what the stats are for how many trans, non-binary, etc. people they actually. Mm. Like, yeah, there may I, have been one or two at some point, but they're probably not working. I mean, you know. But I'm sure they would have been included in this report if they were there under Corbyn. So maybe, you know, maybe not currently. Yeah. Um, well, I think mostly members. In fact, in fact, we have a. In fact, we yeah. have a thing here. Um, in the staff survey, ninety-seven percent of staff said they did not identify as trans, while three percent answered yes, prefer not to say, or prefer not to self-describe. Oh right, yeah. So okay. We do actually. Hello, we are actually on, provided with the uh, number there. Wait somewhere. a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. There's a trick there. Mm-hmm. Yes. Prefer not to say and prefer not to self-describe, but all lumped together. Yes, so that, so, could, be ze- that could be zero. Yes, it, and it could, could still be, be zero. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's a little. But obviously, we're not provided with the statistical breakdown. I can tell yeah. you, it's definitely bad enough that at the last Labour conference, which I had the misfortune to attend, it was fucking <laughs> rife. Right? So that like there were people putting stickers in the toilets. There was sun. language going into various motions that should have been you know, ruled out of order. So it, it was fucking. There was bad. one little bit in this sort of um, this in the annex I wanted to talk about, which was this hierarchy of racism um, submissions here. So there have been many occasions where I've been distraught at the la- in the lack of urgency for other cases such as Islamophobia, racism, and sexual harassment due to the organizational priority being anti-Semitism. There are various forms of racism that clearly take place in the Labour Party, but the most hurtful is perpetuated by staff in the party. Some, 
some who propagate a hierarchy of racism, where one form of racism is seen as more important than others in the way it's dealt with or discussed. It is, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, stop me if this rings true, everyone. It is incredibly hard to to not draw the conclusion that just as in British society, Islamophobia is not treated with the same seriousness within the Labour Party as other forms of racism. The party has also created a clear um, hierarchy of racism and prioritized the viewpoint of certain groups over others. It did not go unnoticed that the community organizing unit was treated like an enemy within and bullied by the rest of the staff, as well as well-known MPs. And it also just happened to be, and it also just happened to be the most diverse. Oh, interesting. That is actually interesting. Um, mm. Should we call David Bedil to? I've reviewed David Bedil's book. Uh, it's not good. Um, as a as a mixed <laughs> race a member of staff in an organization with a less than acceptable level of diversity, it is upsetting when it feels like racism is only taken seriously when it's politically convenient. Mm. Yeah, well, as I was saying earlier, Labour's disciplinary processes, maybe they're not built for purpose at all, but they're certainly not built to be anti-Semitism disciplinary processes. They're supposed to be for various types of bigotry and... um, uh, yeah, and, and just general like bad behavior as well. And, and and I mean, in terms of the overall hierarchy of racism point, this doesn't necessarily relate to how the Labour Party is ru- is run or was run, because it's really a wider point about the narrative around Labour anti-Semitism in British society in general and in the press. But um, if you want an example of a hierarchy of racism, um, you know, I would I, I would be curious as to what percentage of Britain's different ethnic minority groups groups uh backed labor in 2019 overwhelmed by an overwhelming margin i would imagine it was probably almost all of them um however uh the anti-racist position according to uh virtually every uh quote-unquote decent person in british public life was to ignore the wishes of all those uh minorities racial and otherwise uh and just listen to one specific one uh, and I think that's the problem. Well, so, I mean, even even without getting into all of that, like, I'm going to be real, I would be very surprised if Labour take Gypsy Roman traveller issues at all seriously and really care about, like, prejudice against uh, them, for example. Like, they've no, been last on, on this uh, hierarchy they're describing. Yeah. Uh, um, I will just... I mean, Charlotte, I will what's just... a face, um, was a really fucking good example of that. Yeah, that's, this is one reason why the whole narrative of Labour anti-Semitism is flawed, because I think the problem in the party of prejudice against people from the GRT community is probably every bit as bad as uh, the, the prejudice within the party against Jewish people and has attained uh, about 0.000001% of the coverage. Yeah, I just want to finish this quote uh, really, uh, really quickly. The above narrative, in my opinion, shows that shows white staff obstructing, whether deliberately or accidentally, the party's attempt to deal with anti-Semitism. This apparent mm-hmm. willingness to subjugate the tackling of racism to personal and or factional disagreements must be tackled if the party has any serious chance of rebuilding its relationship with various ethnic minority communities, which have felt mistreated and taken for granted by the party for years. Oh boy, is that a ticking time bomb. Yeah, it unfortunately is. that's never going to happen with Keir Starmer as leader, who is the person who takes this stuff the least seriously. Y- yeah, so... It's an electoral strategy, even. So, yeah. So everyone, the rest of the um, the report is the section on the disciplinary procedures and how it basically does not functionally exist in a real way that's useful to anyone. But it, it is probably worth noting that Jenny Formby is not criticised horribly as if she is the devil incarnate. 
and may well have improved some of the processes. Well, that's um, classic Starmer, isn't it? He he, he de- demanded her head, not because she'd done anything wrong, just because of the vibes. The vibes were yeah. that she was bad. Out, out, out. Well, and also he wanted he wanted, he wanted to his own person. In. Yeah, yeah. He, want, he wanted, yeah, he wanted yeah. a political appointee. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, well, yeah, it, and yeah, uh, you know, weaponizing the staffing process. <laughs> and so, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. And so, and the next section is like uh, the culture and practices of the Labour Party organization, which, as you might imagine, are shit. Um, that is more or less the. Uh, the, 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 the summary. Um, I have gazed so, into that abyss. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want, if you want a quote here, when I went on the road with Jeremy Corbyn to Norwich, a staff member from the Eastern Region was talking about the local MP in a negative and demeaning way, and this staff member and another staff member from HQ it. were using ableist and offensive language about local members all being. Uh, quotes here crazy and insane supporters of Corbyn and momentum. That's the majority of your party, essentially sh- described there. Yeah, um, I think I know who that is as well. Oh uh, well, <laughs> I mean, he is a total cunt. Oh, well, there you go. Um, there you go. Uh, that, that's that's the that's it. Yeah, you, you can imagine what that section's like. But we really, 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 um, yeah. Corbyn went to Norwich, the home of blood libel. Oh boy, it all comes out. <laughs> oh, yeah, all... yeah, yeah, yeah. That that says it all, doesn't it? It all he comes was... out at the that end. But evil everyone... man, that but... evil man. <laughs> but everyone, seriously, we've really run over time. Um, as yeah. much as I'd love to read it cover to cover got again. Cocktails. No, I, I, I think I, in in conclusion, the Ford report was a lot funnier than Matt Ford's last book. That's... And I hope <laughs> I hope we see further improvements next I, time. I actually think that's true. But um it was uh, it's yeah, but um everyone, uh I, I am actually not going to cocktails tonight because my partner has changed it to her uh, pajamas basically. So uh <laughs> so uh, that's uh, no cocktails for me, everyone. Um oh. But, but you know, but it was uh, thanks for covering. Looking forward to the Gapes report. Oh, if there's ever a Gapes report, you know, you know, you will uh, it's know. Called, it's called Gapecast, folks. Twenty-one yeah. episodes. Yeah, check do it go out. check out Gapecast. Do go check out Praxiscast. Um, <laughs> go check out whatever gifts up to. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, if you liked the Bell content, um, uh, I am the number. I'm the number one victim of the Bell content at this point. I love Gapes' childlike fascination. Ask more for him the Bell tools, right? Yeah. Well, everyone, <laughs> what we're going to do is we're going to raid a friend of the stream who appears to have a bumper crowd with him already. But let's go. His uh, nervous is playing Sonic Unleashed and appears to be fussing his cat right now. So let's go oh, watch him fuss his cat. Yeah. Go drop lots of tonties in the chat or whatever. Go hang out. Oh, Enjoy. You said- us. Yeah, uh, yeah. Enjoy, enjoy the rest of enjoy the rest of um, what Twitch has to offer because I, I bet most of you don't come here most nights. Anyway, good night, everyone. Yeah, Take yeah. it easy. We'll see you. What it is? What it is? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>